And by the way, uh, Jay, I'm 1,000% a Dale guy. I don't know how. <laughs> you were, I don't know where you stand on Chip and Dale, but I'm a Dale guy for sure. I mean, I'm Chip. <laughs> Of Honor Podcast. I'm Josh Follin. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we are going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. We just finished up watching Epic Double Dare on Nick and are launching into a mag up here. We'll be rifling through Nintendo Power issue 14. You can find the issue on archive.org if you want to look at the shit we're looking at. I'll drop the link to the show notes as I are, drop it in the show notes as I always do. Please rate and review the podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. It makes us feel really great and like we're doing a good job and everyone needs that in life. Well, what are we jamming on now? <laughs> Jay, what are you jamming on now? Halo Infinite, of course. I finally finished the campaign. Very satisfying. I won't spoil it. It's a great game. Absolutely loved it. And now I'm just, you know, going through the map, checking off the little boxes, finding all the little trinkets to, to 100% it, but pretty much done with that game. All the and fucking power babies! Gotta do it! <laughs> and, of course, still playing through the ranked multiplayer. I mean, it's a blast. It's my, my 15 minutes at a time kind of game. Uh, but after that, man, Space Invaders Infinity Gene. That's what you see behind me, the screenshot. I mean, we're talking Space Invaders, man. Like, this was an Xbox. Is that game... actually a game game uh, gameplay screenshot, or is that like a title thing there? Yeah, no, this is a gameplay screenshot, and yeah, man, this is a, a Xbox Games with Gold free game, and I saw it, and of course, I loved playing Space Invaders as a kid on my Atari twenty six hundred. You know, my mom would play with me, my aunt, you know, who who passed away, she would play with me. So for me. You know, it's one of the earliest and fondest gaming memories. And, you know, as somebody who completely missed the Xbox 360 generation, why not snag it for free? You know, and it's fun, man. Like, it starts out very basic, like you would kind of expect Space Invaders to be. But the basic, you know, it keeps that basic look, but then it expands. Like, you're you're able to get more powers. Like, the enemies come at you. Like, it, it's just, it's done in a very fun way and it works I, I it's awesome i'm loving that's it cool. that's very cool yeah that's one of the good ones for sure that's one of the i would play the shit out of that on atari just like, <laughs> without all those bells and whistles of course uh and not think twice about it for sure it's a great game yeah and then uh yes next uh beat saber um you know I, i've had it for a while of course but i bought it for courtney's oculus as well and so she hasn't gotten into it, but Zion has. So me and her play the multiplayer. And so it's really cool. Like, we're, we're playing next to each other, but at the same time, like, within the game, she's kind of, like, diagonal for me so I can see her and she can see me. And it's, it, I don't know, it's just really fun. You know, we're jamming. It, it's Beat Saber. Like, what, what, what more can I say? You're playing it with still, a friend. Still haven't played it, but. Ah. I know, I know. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it these days. What about you? What are you jamming on? Oh, I got a, I got a nice little list this time around. Uh, the first mm. thing I would I would bring up is Waltz of the Wizard. I think I was talking about just downloading it. Yeah. For our last mat, our last uh, last game up, and 
I don't even know how to talk about this game, dude. It's mind-blowingly innovative. Uh, like, just trying to... <laughs> the idea... Like, explaining it is exhausting of an idea. I'm not trying to do it. The idea of explaining it kind of tires me out a little bit. It's like... like it looked cool, though. The screenshot. Yeah, there's... I don't know. Yeah, there's so much you can do. There's so many spell mechanics that, like, involve... You're, you're manipulating items in your environment, and there's hand controller uh, motion stuff, and even there's even speech things, like the... One of the so you're really recent. involved, like you're actually oh physically God, yeah. doing like, all this. That's great. That yeah, sounds great, it's, man. It's, yeah, no, it's it's so fucking cool of an of an idea. It's amazing, dude. Yeah, there was like one of the most recent things I learned uh, going into one of the levels. You like you have to get you know. There's this motion where you like kind of just like you conjure your power. You kind of like pull the environment to you and then it conjures uh, energy in between your hands and there's a right. lot of that's kind of like a step one thing and there's a lot of things you can do from that you can change it into the lightning by doing a rubbing motion and then you get a couple lightning shots you can throw or you can kind of do this I don't even like that's the thing I've, I've played it quite a bit and like there's things I still don't I like because it's not it's not an exact thing you know like there's a little bit of just kind of human error and just I don't mm. know fluidity to it where like I don't know exactly how to, to do some of the stuff I'm doing, I'm just kind of like in the vicinity of, which I don't know, maybe you could maybe construe as frustration, like control frustration or right. control issues, but it, 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 because of what you're, it feels right even when it's wrong, <laughs> you know, uh, because of, I don't know, just the way the whole thing flows. But anyways, yeah, there's another thing you can do where you can kind of like, I don't know, you like kind of compress it a little bit or something and it turns into this magnetic energy that will like, because a lot of the enemies are uh, mechanical that you encounter. So like you can, it, it's like this magnetic energy that you can throw at them and it like just fucking causes chaos in their form, you know, and they fucking fly around and smash into each other and shit. It's fucking amazing. So whatever. So there's, you know, you can, you can start that. And then but there's one I just learned where you do that. You start the energy, you get the energy in your hands and then you can, you yell in, like you literally hold it up to your mouth, like real life, you know, in front of your, and you yell into it and it creates this sonic attack, the sonic sound what? attack, you know, it's, dude, it's, it's, yeah, again, it's just so innovative and such a cool idea and so fucking amazing. But it it is a lot, dude. Like my, you know, my fucking arms. I think I told you guys in the group chat. Like I, my fucking arms get tired. Like I feel <laughs> I feel drained, physically drained sometimes. If you're playing for just you know 20, 30 minutes in the main game where you're really hustling to to deal with environmental dangers and stuff. So yeah, it's. I mean, you know, it's it's not like you, I don't know if you could fucking play it for like really long periods of time. No, and honestly, when I get to the rest of this, like I don't know if I'd want to either because like as great as it is, as innovative innovative as it is, it's not finished. It's not a, there. There. Are, it just. There, it's not a it's not a polished product yet, unfortunately. But ton of going on, and it is fucking absolutely beautiful. Like uh, I sent you, I, I posted that one video. I think I sent to you guys like the red sky where I was yeah. outside. You know, yeah, it's fucking looks fucking great. Really well done uh, world that it all happens in. Have you have you seen the the show Magicians? I have not. Ah, oh, so it's this. It's basically like I, I used to think of it as like real life if it happened in America Harry Potter like there's a, a school and people are are learning spells you know but like you have to be magically adept to even get invited to know that this school exists you know what i mean and but so it's it's this huge i don't know six season thing i highly recommend it but the whole thing it's is a, like it's a scripted yeah scripted scripted, okay. scripted series like very very good and it's dark you know whereas like Harry Potter is like 
has some dark moments. This is like much more like, hey, shits happens, drug dealers happen, and like magic. Mm. It's great, but the whole thing about it is everything is hand motions. Like so, when they're practicing magic, the, like nobody's using wands like Harry Potter. It's like it's all like hand stuff, and it reminds me of what you're doing in that game when you see me the video, and I'm like, oh, it's kind of like. The magicians like you gotta you gotta do certain hand motions and like things to make the spell work and people right. were you no know, the students were getting frustrated learning them trying to do this hard stuff and it was you know difficult and yeah, yeah it, so it, when it, you talk yeah, when you showed me that I'm like dude I I'm in I think I need to buy that game because it looks it reminds yeah, me of that it's funny <laughs> again I just don't even know how to describe some of it it's like it is so. You know, it's so, it's so pinpoint exact at times, I guess. Not always. It's not, you know, not fucking impossible. But, there, you know, it, it is like, you know, just moving your hand freely with no friction in like a, in a totally real way is mm-hmm. a total, a very inexact human behavior. And replicating it on demand, in repetition, in stressful situations is not fucking easy, man. And like, <laughs> you'd think it would be, but it's not. And it's, yeah, it's, it's funny how... Yeah, I don't know, just kind of the human error element of it and how much you have to do to make this stuff happen in game is is funny. It's a funny So basically funny you game. cannot be a magician or a wizard in real life. You yeah, just I, I pro- not probably not. I mean I need more practice. <laughs> Everything you know, practice makes perfect, Jay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so okay, so you know, th- like that's you know, I, that, that's kind of that's a very general explanation of it. So th- there's two parts to the game. Like you start the game and you're outside the in this kind of black void uh, a wooded space, but it's still kind of a black void deal. And there's like a bulletin board where they kind of put like, you know, it's like they do it within it in with like in the world of the game, but it's kind of just like development uh, things and new uh, features of the game, yada, yada, yada. And then there's this little, there's two doors. One goes to the tower, the wizard tower. One goes to the courtyard and the courtyard is, is where, Kind of you go into like the level by level part of the normal game, uh, and then when you, it starts up, your little there's like a little what I would I equate it to Navi, like the the fairy in Zelda. You know, it's kind of mm. like your little helper uh, that will appear sometimes. Um, he appears. It's just a it's just a skull, a human skull head that is animated, oh. and he talks to you and kind of explains whatever some new shit maybe suggests something maybe you haven't done or that maybe in the algorithm you're not doing behavior well, whatever. He says some shit, tells you where you can go. He appears. So you can go into these one of these two doors, and the wizard tower is it's I, I I would equate it to a sandbox where you can kind of just play and get acclimated with spell casting and game mechanics. There's you know little challenges that you could that can be done up there that you can like you have to find them and kind of discover them within the environment. Uh, and this, like I said, it all happens in one relatively small room. Uh, but there's a, I mean, there's so much stuff in there. There's so many just gadgets and fucking things, nice. whatever. So much shit going on. So you can go in there and yeah, and and you and you do these little. There's a couple things, a few things you can find that take you out of that space too. And I guess do take you to somewhat of like a little mini quest thing where you're kind of learning something to to a degree. Um, but you, so you can do all this stuff, and that is like a really built out thing that I'm guessing probably. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's a dumb conjecture. Who cares? I was going to say that probably was developed before the main game, but uh, it doesn't matter. So it's really built out, and there's all these things you can learn there, and there's like a visual mm-hmm. reference to help you kind of re- root it and retain what it is. And 
you know, teach you essentially. That's what it is. It's a teaching yeah. tool is really what this place is for. And the the big problem is when you like it even calls them two different kinds of magic. Once like the tower magic is called something, and then the stuff out in the world is called natural magic, and there's things you can't do. It's not like the voice recognition stuff. That's what I mean when they say you, you can see developmental things ah, okay. within the game fabric of the game you know they tell you like you're you know you can't natural magic is not as dependent on the voice recognition or voice stuff so but like i said they, there is a voice thing mm. in the game now so maybe that's like something they've just i don't know i have no idea but it so is the like, early stages of working it out kind of like they're not yeah it's that well the thing is I, i'm pretty sure i was just and i you know i i found this out by looking up Another game that I got into here, like, I think this has been out since the fucking thing dropped. Like, it's been out for a really? long time. So, but I mean, it is, huh. you know, it's not like it's dead. Like, things are still being updated. Like, it's changed since I got it. Okay. You know, so, nice. uh, the, you know, they're still working on it. So, it's not a dead stick, but it, it is, you know, it's not done. I'm sure it's a small team, whatever, but there's, there's no question deficiencies. But yeah, there's, there's not a ton of carryover with what you learn in that tower and then actually playing the game. And that is a very oh. frustrating thing. It gets a little frustrating because not all that functionality exists in the game and that is kind of it's rough it's it's a, it's, a, it's an annoying thing because what it creates what it creates is all this shit you know like i said you gotta i don't even know within the, the confines of what is a much more limited control set and spell set in the level by level dungeon part like i, I have a hard time retaining even all that information and then I, i've learned all this stuff and i can practice all this stuff in the wizard tower that has no carryover for the most part so like it's just oh. a lot of shit it's a lot of shit jumping around your head that like just doesn't feel good in when you're actually playing the level by level part of the game. Mm. So, so yeah. So you, the other part is the courtyard area. You go out. There's like a teleportation ring out there that takes you into level by level dungeon crawl kind of thing. There's enemies. It's like very FPS type gameplay style. You know, that makes me it's, much less excited about it. Like, hmm. it's still good. And I mean, there, you know, there's like I said, it's just there's uh, the thing. Like the the, I, the maybe the hardest part about it is if the tower didn't exist. And then you just had the level by level part of the game. I think you you wouldn't even think about you'd be happy with what you yeah. have, you know. So it's dumb that there's a cool, enjoyable part of the game that does exist. They've spent all this time on that is fun. That somehow creates, you know, a dissatisfaction <laughs> in you. You know, it's fuck. It's it's a fucked up uh, thing, I guess. Uh, emotional response to to what should just be two cool things, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's only. I think I'm pretty sure it's only twenty bucks too. So it's I mean, it's well worth the money, and it's really fucking yeah. interesting and fun. I just it just I yeah yeah I look forward to a really completed product because I think it once they have once all that stuff you can do in the tower to some degree or another, exists in the game. And, like, you know, I, I get part of it, too. Like, some of the stuff you can do in the tower, if you could do it any time in the fucking main game, it would break the game. It wouldn't be any fun, you know, because ah, you can do I some see. crazy shit. You can get giant. You can go fucking... You can go turn yourself into a little tiny fucking thing, and everything looks huge, you know? There's crazy-ass ah. projectile stuff that you can do, you know? There's, there's a whole bunch of really uh, cool things. And that's the thing, too. Like, that's where they, they justify that some of the stuff requires these physical items that you have to use and combine. Like, there's this... Uh, in the tower, there's this—I don't know—a uh, a bowl or whatever, whatever you would call in a fucking in the story world, a bowl of like magical juice, and like you, you, a lot. Some of the spell casting requires you to toss different things that are on the table and stuff into that. There's also a xylophone that you play, that, so the music. So yeah, there's like a musical uh, 
rhythm component to this to some degree that I imagine will eventually be worked into the game because they wouldn't have this oh. there if you, you know whatever. So those certain musical things will create certain responses in the environment. So yeah, there's just so much you know that I understand would be really hard to account for in just traditional. <laughs> dungeon by dungeon gameplay so you know that's probably part of it too it's, it, it may be not entirely just a developmental uh shortcoming but yeah um yeah i don't know there's a lot there it's really cool really different really interesting nothing like it i've played it's fucking absolutely fun and like just even i mean i think 20 bucks the sandbox would be worth 20 bucks like the, right. the tower i think would be uh, you could get people to, to pay for it and leave good reviews with for 20 bucks you know so it, it's it's no question especially as much as you like that kind of stuff i think you would fucking have a blast in it for sure uh Man. but the level by level thing gets a little tiring i can only play like i'm all you know i've had it for a while now and i think i'm at level five and part of that's hard too you die like i'll, I'll die enough yeah. where i'm like fuck this i got i can't even fucking try that again that's too frustrating i got too far you know? so <laughs> there's like that natural gameplay difficulty response too but sometimes it's just like ugh, it's like i just can't even think of what the hell to, i just don't want to think about what I got to do to beat this. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, really fucking cool thing. Played a bunch of that. Uh, the Man, next thing. Wait a minute. So, you got that for 20 bucks. You just reminded me something that I got for 20 bucks that I completely forgot about because it's been a while. What's that? Miles Morales Spider-Man. Like, on PS4. Uh, yeah. yeah. Dude, have you ever played you this? Never, you're, no, I told you you're never, you're never fucking going to really fuck with it too much being on the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I completely forgot I bought it, like, at a super sale, like, during the holiday time. That game is great, man. Like I hear those. I, I hear the. I, yeah, I remember when that first came out. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Definitely a Spider-Man game. But I remember yeah. hearing that they had like people were really happy with they nailed the you know the whole thing about Spider-Man swinging through the buildings and shit. Yeah, like, that's a, it's that's like clearly amazing. like that's what that yeah that's what that game needs to be about. And I'd heard what I was here. What I remember hearing was that it was the first time that they really, that someone's really nailed that, like the feeling you should have. I'm assuming the complete open world aspect of it, but still in a controlled enough way that you could control it, you know? And, oh, yeah. and that's, yeah, that's, that would be really cool. I'm sure that, I mean, that was one of the things, you know, those Batman games on PS3, Arkham City and shit like that. That was like that was one of the really cool things. Like they figured that out too. Like a, a, a way to have these big sprawling urban environments with all this intricacy and detail, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. and be done in a way that control wise was still enjoyable. You know. Yeah, and yeah, even yeah. and even the the fighting though, man. It's like they really made Spider Man's attack so unique. Like when you play like Marvel's Avengers. Everybody has unique, a different fighting style, but at a base level, it's still similar. Like, unless you're Iron Man and he's flying, but even still some of the movements are the same. Whereas with Spider-Man, it's like, he moves like you would expect Spider-Man to move. And just the story as well, like, it just, I'm loving it so far. I I completely forgot about it because, yeah, I I don't play on my PS4 at all, you know? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, why would I? But I forgot it was there, and something caused me to remember and i was like oh yeah let me pick up that game and i'm, I'm glad i did but again when well, that's, how often that's kind of the next thing that? i have it's kind of that <laughs> same same idea really i was listening to the cane and rinse pod uh is, is, a, is a podcast let's do a bunch of and uh-huh. they just did like two episodes back they did outer wilds oh uh, okay so yeah i started listening to it and i only got a few minutes into it before i was like oh yeah that game is fucking incredible and that's like you know they're like oh my yeah it's like i see what i was gaming they're talking it up and then they start getting into it and they're like 
they start, it's basically, it's a spoiler podcast for sure, you know. So, like, they started getting into it, and I was like, oh, I, I can't, I cannot spoil that. Like, I, you know, I can't do it. So, I turned, turned the fucking, I didn't listen to the damn episode. But I was like, well, is that back out yet? So, I checked and see, and uh, checked to see, and it is on, it, it came back on a Game Pass in January. So, I fired the Caveman game machine back up. Oh and, I, I've, yeah, I've, I've gotten back into it. And nice. it's, yeah, being, a, like, it's a discovery game. And, like, I think. I don't know. Maybe they even said it. I don't know. But they like the. It's the kind of thing where like, I think I I think back when it happened, when it went off Game Pass, I think I talked about this. I was like, you know, it sucks because it's the kind of game that, you know, it's all knowledge based. Your your entire progression flowchart in the game is all just learning shit, and it mm. goes into your log in your computer. And like the game functions, it's a it's a like a twenty minute loop or something. You know, you're just you're in this time loop. So oh, nothing you not, okay. yeah nothing you physically do means anything really. It's all about accumulating knowledge and figuring what's going on out, and and fortuitously and conveniently for the for a video game, it stores that in your in your computer on on your spaceship. So you know you take a long break from that and you come back into it. And it's just like it's a you have no idea. There's nothing. Yeah, what, like, what was even the inform- Yeah, even the information that you have available to you in that computer is kind of meaningless to you. It's all, it all you know, it's all like without any sort of recall of like actually getting there. It's kind of fucking yeah. just a blank slate, you know. So it took some acclimation time, and I think I might even fired it up once and kind of looked around and like played for a few minutes, and I was like, this. I'm, I think I'm, you know. I can't like it might have been before bed and I was like I can't be tired and trying to do this this won't work so, yeah. <laughs> so I turned off. but yeah I have been able to get back into it and get grooving after after a couple of hours of just kind of jamming on it and, and getting familiar again so it did take some 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 startup cost but I was able to get back into it and um, I'll keep like as long I'll keep bouncing in and out of it I imagine it's not the kind of thing again like you know especially I'll sit here and play an entire game of Demio and then like oh it'd be nice to play a little before bed but like again it's, it's not the kind of game you can play tired you got to be like sitting down with some fucking some some uh, concentration, some, some scoot, <laughs> some scoot in you to to be able to fucking really take it on. Uh, so yeah, I imagine I'll bounce in and out of it, uh, and and hopefully I'd love to get there and finish it because it is such a great fucking game and just so beautiful and so fucking emotionally resonant. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like you know, almost to the tier of like Spirit Fair of like the emotional uh, yeah. effort or put put the effort put in towards emotional response and like again the fact that it's that fucking company Annapurna that's not surprising that they have you know almost like a cinematic approach to the storytelling but nice really good so yeah hopefully I can finish it before they rip it off Game Pass and or and this was a concern when I was first googling it my subscription on Game Pass ends which I definitely won't renew so (laughs) what that's blasphemy that is no blasphemy. You I don't touch renew. it. I don't touch the machine. There's no fucking. Well, there's no reason to pay for that. It's dumb. I got, that was the thing. Like, I was like, I, I didn't. It didn't even like to me. Game Pass was like I didn't even. It didn't even cross my mind. Like it was like just part of the Xbox. Like I didn't. I didn't like. I forgot that it's a subscri- subscription. So like, like I look on Game Pass and I see it's there. I'm like, oh great. And I go over to the machine and I fire it up and I turn it on. I'm like, oh wait a minute. Do I even have Game Pass anymore? I don't even know. <laughs> uh, I want to say it, but I'm pretty sure it was like, I don't know, at least Q2 last year that I did that renew. Because it was like, I think I got like a three-month or a six-month free or something when I bought it or some shit. So when I actually bought that year, yeah, it had to be later in the year, I'm hoping. So we'll see. 
But wait, that would be a bummer to have it rip for me twice. So okay, so there's that, and then I was also trolling the Oculus app, uh, go just like going through. I, I what was it? Had I not gotten anything, or I think I think I got like maybe tired of Waltz of the Wizard or something. So oh. I was just like literally going through friends' achievements in the app mm-hmm. to kind of like. Find something to play, basically. I was trying to find something to buy via that. So I'm going through the list. I'm not seeing anything. And then they, they also seed ads when you do that, which is clearly very smart of them, given what happens next. So I see an ad seeded in there. And and I stumbled into this action puzzler. It's called Trover Saves the Universe, which I've probably seen before. But that's such like a meaningless... It's like that joke we had about you could order the words in any universe saved by... Tro- <laughs> like, you know, you could just yes. do that with like just meaningless words. So... I'm sure I've seen it before, probably, and especially since I would later learn that it's been on the system since the fucker launched. Also, this was like one of their launch titles, hmm. and so yeah, I see that, and I'm like, I noticed that, which is also good marketing by them. I noticed that it says made by that was created by Justin Rowland, who I know because I love the fucking show so much. Is one of the guys that created Rick and Morty on Adult Swim, and then Solar Opposites on Hulu, and these are two of the best and funniest and most brilliant adult comedy animated series going on these days. So Mm. if you're not watching those, change your life and fucking go do that. But, (laughs) dude, I wish this fucking guy made all my video games, man. It's so fucking good and so fucking hysterical. And they just so encapsulated the the brand of humor on those shows. Like, oh, yeah, it's so fucking good. And, like, yeah, I mean, if you watch those, like, they're, they're, I don't know, man, they're, I actually don't watch so, either of those. Those are so fucking good, dude. They're so good. They're so. It's like kind of like the reason I love Bojack so much. Like they they explore adult themes so deeply and so intelligently within the confines of like kind of just a situational comedy hmm. styled show. You know, like if you were too dumb to grasp what was being said to you you could view the which is you know that's what you want to do actually so you catch the idiots and the smart people <laughs> with your show you want to make something that on the surface is just like glitzy enough and and funny enough and kind of dumb enough to fucking just be mindless entertainment but if you're really paying attention there's some shit going on beneath it you know what i mean and they do a great, a great job okay. in both cases with that but uh on that accord, like the writing in the game is absolutely fucking phenomenal, and the voice acting is of course top shelf too. Uh, they have basic. I mean, the the well, just I, I didn't even know this, but googling around about it, Justin Rowland does the voices for both those the main characters, Morty and Rick, and a bunch of others as well. So he's kind of almost like be, uh, Mike Judgey, and that he can kind of he, he creates these shows, and he has enough acting voice acting versatility to voice like a fucking half the fucking characters on it you know with different actually mm. signing things okay. south park guys too they do they do that too i think uh anyways yeah that's true um so th- yeah there's this it's a really you have to really be thinking about it to even fucking and certainly have seen the shows to even know what i'm talking about but there's this dialogue delivery cadence they have in both shows it's in the game too where there's they there's this stammer and indecision to most everything that is said. Like, all the dialogue delivery has kind of like this... It starts off giving the impression that they don't know what they're going to say, you know? And I don't know, it's it's a... It's, it's not... It's, I want to say it's a subtle thing, but, like, it's... it's Every line almost has it. So mm. it's not subtle, but it's, it, it's not distracting or gimmicky enough 
to not feel like it's not subtle. So it's really fucking cool and really fucking smart. And it's an amazing comedic dice, comedic device that makes me personally, I mean, I can't speak for all of humanity, but it makes almost anything funny. <laughs> you know, just like this, ah, well, if I, well, it's this really well done uh, little fucking dialogue delivery thing. It's in the game too. And if you drizzle on the fact that the writing is both emotionally intelligent and humorous without that device, you have some atomically good comedy potential on your hands, I think, you know. So it's yeah. Writing fucking really great. So all that said, I kind of expected the gameplay to be lacking because it is this it's a licensed property. It's almost generic in its presentation. Trover mm-hmm. saves the universe, they're just like miscellaneous aliens and you know, whatever. You know, it's just like I don't know. It's just I expected the gameplay to be not great, but it is fucking great. And like so there's a complexity, like just the game design itself has like a, a a layering to it that I've never seen before. Like your character who you control, it's called they're called Cherlopians, and it's essentially a race of people that are kind of like exaggerated TV zombies who spend their lives confined to a chair and are perceived what I perceive to be from the commentary, like you know, it's like laziness and ineptitude of the human race. It's like a play on that kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you control like that is who you are, and then you are paired in the beginning with another character. They're called an eye hole monster, and the way it works is you get like a little video game controller, and you take control of him out in the world. So you spend your the whole game from this kind of stationary thing, and you control the character out in front of you, and there's all these chair teleportation stations throughout the stages. So you have to essentially run your guy, this guy you control, to the next teleportation station and teleport the chairlopian to it. And then now you have a new vantage point on the world around you and you're controlling the guy and you work through the stages step by step that way, you know. And so, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. And at first, too, I think I might even, like, when I first started, I was like, oh, this is fucking, this sucks. <laughs> like, having to, this I'm like, that doesn't sound but, too fun to No, me. dude, it's fucking sure it great. It's so good. And then you, like, you get all these different things that change the what you can do with the chair from that one position, changing your vantage points and manipulating the environment in different ways. And it's, it's fucking great, dude. And, yeah, there, oh. so the, you know, he, the character you control gets like a lightsaber essentially and he becomes just like a, a melee tool to you, you know. So it has that type of gameplay that is just kinda I don't know, everyone loves that, I guess. Just fucking <laughs> beat, beating things up and killing them, you know. Everyone like, loves a in. lightsaber. What do you mean? Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's in there. There's sword play if you're into sword play. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's it's just fucking like I could not put it down, dude. It's so like I laughed so much. Every fucking every piece of dialogue is just like, there's just no uh, – they didn't just fucking mail it in on anything. Every single mm, little okay. – like that screenshot I posted. Respect. So those are power babies. Those are like – that's like the completionist dumb thing you have to collect is these power babies, right? Yeah. And <laughs> every single one of them has a unique piece of copy that – at least made me smile if it didn't if it, if I didn't laugh, you know. When you like you find them, and you go to the menu and sh- you can check every time. You have to hit a button to open that menu to see the copy that they made for it. That's not said to you in the game. So every time I found a power baby, and there were thirty per level, I would go to that menu and see what that fucking piece of copy said because I expected it to be funny. And that's amazing that I wanted to do that for every single one of that them. That is in the impressive. Game. I sometimes yeah. fast forward past that stuff. You got yeah, exactly right. No, but it's yeah. They 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 didn't mail anything in comedy wise, and it's like all the effort in the world is there to keep you laughing and enjoying this. 
um, if you like this nice. kind of comedy. And yeah, it's it's fucking great, man. But yeah, that's my only gripe is that I finished it in a few fucking days. You know, I bought it Sunday night and I beat it late Tuesday night. And wow. you know, so like I said, I didn't put it down. It? I well, it's definitely worth it. Uh, it was, I think it was thirty bucks. So it's you know, it's kind of a high water mark on the as far as the cost goes, but. It it's it's t- totally fucking worth it. Again, if you watch those shows, which like Rick and Morty is fucking, you know, uh, I think it's done now. Even I think it's totally done, maybe. But it's definitely not. There's not new episodes coming out. Solar Opposites is also on hiatus right now, or they finished their season. So yeah. you know, if you want more of this content, you haven't played this game. Oh my god, yes. You it's it's like you must own it, let alone should own it. But um, it <laughs> is, right. yeah, it's a little short. I would guess, like, I'm terrible at estimating playtime, but I would say maybe between 12 and 15 hours as far oh, as okay. the time I put in, which isn't, for most of those games on the Oculus, is not bad, you know, uh, with the kind of the long, long-form games. Getting 12 yeah. to 15 hours is not a bad value by any length, but it's not, you know, if you play some of those fucking AAA titles, you're getting you know, 60, 80, 100 hours, you know, yeah. So it's nothing like that. But, um, and that's that, and that's not counting. So I, I, yeah, there's a little bit of completion of shit, those power babies left to go back and do. And I absolutely will do so. I've already started to actually. So there was maybe, I don't know, 30% left of those to go after I finished the main game, you know. So there's like a little bit of stuff that's a little extra effort to go back and get. So that's cool and fucking amazing and absolutely get it if you're into that stuff or those shows. And the last thing I would say just yesterday or maybe two days ago, a few days ago, a new walkabout mini golf course dropped, and it's called Sweet Topia. And I would say the theming is absolutely Candyland. The board game Candyland is what it is. It's all, <laughs> all sweets nice. and stuff, you know. Uh, it's, is it hard? Of course, amazing as usual. Uh, uh, it well, yeah. There are some things that yes. I mean, well, I don't know. It's not you know. I don't know. Like, not, should like, I not go into that course? Should I not play that course? Well, I told you, you should. You should fucking max out. You should get all the balls and putters and stuff, and play those the 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 ones that come with it enough before you do so. Before you start getting these three, the the three new ones: Babylon, Shangri La, and and now Sweetopia, because there's tons of content there, and those are for the most part, generally speaking, certainly easier than these new ones. So I would absolutely get that value and experience before getting into these new ones, but. I mean, the new ones are, you know, there's no question that there's the the newer ones, you know, they put more, I don't know, more effort is, like, I don't want to undermine the effort that went into the first courses or the first six or whatever it is, courses, seven, whatever yeah. it might be. But it's, these are certainly, there's more to them. They're, they're, they're just, there's just more. So, but yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I downloaded it yesterday and I already, <laughs> I already, before the before I went to bed last night, had found all the balls, uh, all eighteen balls on the easy <laughs> course and the putter on the hard course because I, I just can't stop when it comes to that shit, you know. So the only thing I had to look up, so I didn't look up any of the balls, which made me feel pretty good because there's still like a, a few balls on the last two that I haven't gotten yet on Shangri La and Babylon. There's balls I don't have yet, <laughs> and I don't want to look them up because like I, you know, I looked up a few balls to complete that first round of of, of levels, you know. Uh, because yeah. I just couldn't fucking find them, and I'd looked forever. And once all the balls, once I had gotten them all, and that was no longer an option to me, I was so sad. So like, I will never look up another ball again. Like, I'll however long it takes me to find it, like, great. You know, the longer that wow, stuff's okay. there for me to do, the better. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I didn't have to look up any to find any, any shit to find the balls. I had to look up one clue on the putter. Clue number nine. I actually tweeted him about this. Clue number nine was a fucking I, was a, bit, a bit of a bitch uh there was like this thing you had to like there's four cherries that can be seen in the map 
from like one particular vantage point, you know? And I had found all four cherries and like I went all over that map where I could see all four of them and I could not find the fucking arrow, could find the little item you had to find. And I was just like, fuck, you know, I spent probably 20 minutes on it. And I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like dinner's almost ready. I got to figure this out. So I looked, at, I looked, I looked that one clue up, but that was the only thing I had, I had to do to find the putter too. So pretty fucking cool. I recorded my first run through the easy course when I first fired it up. And uh, you see all the ball hunting I did. I think I found 14 of them on that first time through. And I posted that. I got a two hole-in-ones on my first time playing the nice. course. Today. And that's nice. It's pretty fucking wild. Like, I, like, I've played since, of course. And there is one hole of those two that I hole-in-one the first time that I, you know, I have hole-in-one since. And it's probably somewhat replicable to be able to do that. Maybe not every time, but kind of close. So one of them is kind of, I think... A built-in possibility, but to have two of them in one time on the first time through is crazy. The other one that's was impressive. Just, yeah, it was just a, <laughs> a hole in one. So, yeah, fucking, I think that's not too fucking shabby. Uh, but yeah, that video is on our socials if you want to check that out. And okay, let's talk about Nintendo Power. That is the Leaf Town theme from Crystallis, bringing us in to Nintendo Power! Issue 14, let's go! July, August, 1990. I mean, come on. It's funny to me, like, you know, we obviously did not time this to be with any fucking current events or anything, but I guess there's a new fucking iteration of this coming out right now. Yes! I keep seeing Rescue Rangers shit, and I'm like... I don't know. Like, like I said, there's a the, movie. There's a movie. That you have, have have you seen the movie trailer? No. no. Oh, there's a movie coming out, and it's like, <laughs> it's almost like there's a funny play on like one of them is still in that cartoon 1990s art, and the other one is like in the in the vein of Encanto or something currently, and he's like, right. "Yo, why are you keeping it? It, it, it?" I can't remember the exact line, but it's something like. I'm staying true to who I am, or something. It's very funny, <laughs> like in a very funny way. I'm, I can't wait to see it. That's a that's a cool idea. I, I, just, I mean, you know, I'm so sick of the uh, Hollywood nostalgia jerk off. No yes, but it, no, again, no and we talk anyway. about this every time. If it's done well, it's good. Like Cobra Kai, if it's done well, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We shall see. Well, I don't know. You may see. I probably won't see. But that's that, that's a that's a cool idea as far as that within that spectrum for sure. Yeah. So yeah. So this uh, Disney's Chippendale Rescue Rangers is the headliner here, and just as the September October '89 Ducktales cover, we have like this Disney perfect illustration of Chip and Dale and their chief adversary in the cartoon Fat Cat, and then also like the Ducktales cover, the visual style of everything else other than the officially licensed Disney characters, has a very different feel to it. And it's like, it's not quite live action, but a completely different vibe of illustration. And I don't know. It's it's bizarre. It's weird, though. Like, it's, <laughs> like, the contrast is fine. But what I don't understand is why Ch- 
ship. I can't remember which is which. Dale? Dale in Dale the Hawaiian the, shirt. I, I believe I believe Dale's the Hawaiian shirt, yeah. Yeah, Dale is like posing in the air though. So it's like they just took the officially licensed characters and was like, here, just copy paste somewhere. And exactly. he just right. yeah, these are the them ones there. you can, these are the ones you can use. And like Nintendo Power Nintendo Power had already designed or yeah, devised the rest of it. And Disney was like, these are the only ones you can use. So they were just like, yep, okay. <laughs> like, well, the cat has to be looking down. Therefore, what are we right. going to, you know, where are we going to yeah. put them? It's, a, it's better than not putting them on the cover at all. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, they're, so, yeah, they're in a library. And you can see, like, a packed bookshelf in the background. And there's a, there's a lit light bulb really big in the foreground that Chip yeah. and Dale are, yeah. I mean, yeah, you said they're falling. Like, I was saying, like. <laughs> thinking like bizarrely hovering in front of you know um and yeah because yeah they're not I mean, we'll see yeah like yeah that's it's so weird so yeah chip is is like you can he has he like, like he's falling. acid acid trails behind him so he's like he yeah. looks like he's falling and but yeah and dale is looks like he's like just standing on something and presenting himself in some way so yeah there's like he's like they're not even, yeah they're that's not yeah i guess what we're getting at here is like the even the two of them don't look like they're in the same scene <laughs> or in Not the same situation, all. you know. He's, Dale's breaking the fourth wall. He's like looking at us, like, "What up? Right. Here I am." Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. That's good. Good <laughs> observation as well. But so, anyways, yeah. So that we we have that going on in the foreground, and then Fat Cat is reaching through a window in the background in a way that is completely nonsensical. Nonsensical, if you look at it, like that's a multiple pane window that is clearly closed. So it's one of those windows where like. You know, there's like some some. It's like four different panels of glass, or I, I guess actually yep. it would be six. It looks like it's taller than four, two by two. But yeah, they're different panels of glass, and then you have like the little insulation things connecting them, where like the panels of glass sit. So it can't like one of those can't be open. You know what I mean? Like you can't you can't only have one of those. Like either the window's all the way open or it's closed. So you wouldn't be yeah. able to reach through it if it's closed. Unless he busted and- the, that pane. That one pain. Right, I guess, but that's the only logical thing right, exactly, to make this right, artwork. Yes. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah, so he's he's reaching through one of the panes because his face is behind the paneling or the 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 strips of insulation or whatever between the, the, the panes of glass. And then his hand is in front of the window jam, the the edge of the window, making it inside the room so yeah it's like it's physically impossible unless yes that pane of glass is completely missing so either a really bad design choice or a really bad home ownership upkeep job by whoever owns the house that these guys are currently in or mm, doesn't work <laughs> well, yeah. whatevs though it's just an antenna power cover who cares the the bullet points on here are and they completed with a don't miss banner up up top above them the, there's Gogol 13, the Mafat conspiracy, and this terrible fucking game will just not go away. <laughs> just Why? Fucking just Why are we still talking about it all the time? Yeah, it's uh. fucking everywhere. And then we have plus previews, Mission Impossible and Castlevania 3. Woot. And then bonus contest, Final Fantasy Treasure Quest Part 2. Not side quest, Treasure Quest Part 2. And inside, we move on to a two-banger Team Power pin subscribe ad and the table of contents. Uh, before we get into Player's Pulse to talk mailbox. And the second letter from little nine-year-old Eric Rackley of Valdosta, Georgia, is an invention pitch. And his invention is 
To combat the pesky problem of NES controllers getting all tangled up on his floor, a problem that many peers and peer mothers have corroborated on being an issue, he's cooked up something called the Control Winder, and it is a box with a built-in automatic cord winder that he likens to a vacuum cleaner's auto-retractor for the power cord. That's a, I think that's a great... You know, if you were trying to pitch this verbally to someone, especially back then, like that's a really great analogy, you know? So, yeah. good job in both presentation and design. And Nintendo's response is, they shoot it down and just suggest to go buy an NES satellite. <laughs> of course. Like, wait a minute, kid. I feel like a game company, like... Microsoft or not Nintendo, maybe PlayStation nowadays would see that kid and be like, "Hey, we'll uh let's work together. We'll license that bad boy. We'll give you ten percent off the rip. Let's go. You know, like let's yep. make this." Happen. Nintendo would be like, "How dare you? How dare? How dare you send that to us? Like, <laughs> do not even think about that. Like, it's it's right, crazy right, yeah. that they like yeah, you, even posted you can, it. You could even like, market it. You, you know, it would be a, it would be a, a a gangbusters marketing idea just to say that a kid fucking you know you could you could, right? you could put that picture right there on the front of the box and people would just buy it because of that. <laughs> yeah, like that's smart kid. That's a great idea. Like we all have cords. Like they're not addressing the issue. Like you want us to go spend money on a thing, but we already have the cords now like we just right yeah yeah, but yeah i'll say right now <laughs> i have an nes satellite sitting right over there it's been pictured many times in my side quest pictures there's still a cord a long ass cord from the nes advantage hanging out of it that i have to keep i'm constantly tucking underneath the table and i'm constantly worried about the, the dog ripping it off the table because that cord sits there so like if i had a little t- i mean i would need a small one for this setup but you know Beggars can't be choosers, and sure, release different models, whatever. <laughs> but if I had a little thing that could deal with that cord in some way, where it would only re- come out when I needed it to to pull the the thing to me, I would I would one thousand percent have that to have that cord off my floor right now. I would See? in a million like, right now, today, twenty twenty two. I would buy that fucking thing. <laughs> I hope you are a millionaire with other great ideas because this was a winner back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, and they I, we didn't mention, it, but yeah, if you look at the picture, I mean. He's got like he went. It's like I don't know prototype, feel, again, man. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's one of those things where like I'm not buying that. Like there had to be some heavy parental involvement and guidance <laughs> to because I mean it's, yeah, it's a fantastic prototype mock-up that he has here. Like it's not like a ten year old kid get out or nine year old kid get out of dot. No fucking way that he cook all that up on his own. And if he did, holy shit, yeah. How, how is he not the guy that owns yeah. all the metaverse? Give it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to look him up. I'm like, look him up on LinkedIn. What are you doing? There? <laughs> what are you up to, Eric? Let's fucking chat. We have this idea about uh, what, what the fuck was it? Uh, Zoom in uh, VR. We need to let's, maybe <laughs> yeah. you're the guy. <laughs> maybe you're the guy we need to talk to. Uh, yeah. Uh, moving on from that, we uh, prompted by a letter about how an NES saved the sanity of a family displaced by Hurricane Hugo. They are doing a call for letters on the topic of worst Nintendo nightmare. And they are quick to clarify that they don't want actual nightmares like the hurricane one. <laughs> but rather fun and funny things like your little sister turning off the power button and erasing your game, shit like that. So it's funny that they're doing like a, a themed call for letters now. It's, I think it's the first time we've seen that. It is. Um, but I believe that's it for letters. I mean, there's a, I, have, I have a video spotlight thing for sure, but as far as the letters go, there was nothing else that was really too interesting to me. I mean, except for the fact that we just skipped over the first one in which this dude said his friend's, his best friend's name is Gary Batman. Like, I, I call BS. <laughs> like, Gary Batman. Like, is that a nickname? He just kind of casually said it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nintendo no didn't respond yeah. to that. Like, what are we saying here? Your friend's name is Batman. That's his last name. <laughs> 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Look him up. Look when you're looking up Eric on LinkedIn. Find him too. What's his name? <laughs> ben Clever. Let's let's see Gary yeah. Batman exists. <laughs> yeah, let's show it. Just check his mutual friends. Right. <laughs> to be continued. Yes, his friends list. Uh, so moving into video spotlight, there it has a couple of power player pitches. Two of them, and there's one that just warms my little cold dead heart, dude. Bob and Fran Hembry of Portland, Oregon, which, by the by, are the perfect names for the couple that should be writing this letter. <laughs> Bob, Bob right. and Fran. Bob and Fran are spot on the characters for this. But they are an elderly couple that purchased an NES in an attempt to entertain their grandkids when they visit, which probably many a grandparent did. And it is working for that, too. They're, they're, they're sure to point that out. But more importantly, they are absolutely fucking hooked themselves. So they play games... <laughs> Like Zelda and Metal Gear, like long, like big games with a lot going on, and they take a long time to play, and they're only one player. So the way they do this as a together is one of them runs the controller, and the other draws maps and offers problem-solving support. So they're sitting there side-by-side playing this shit, one player at a time, passing the controller, drawing maps with each other and shit, and like, dude... That's, it's. I mean, I just fucking love the idea of an older couple, an older couple sitting in the living room together doing this shit in 1990. I just fucking love it. And you know, like I, like I know, like I actually just posted those fucking Earth Cave maps, which I can't believe I did that to myself. It was so much work. Uh, but I just posted those Earth Cave maps from Final Fantasy and mentioned, you know, look on the ISOH treasure trove map, treasure trove graph map, treasure trove. It's a folder on Google on, on the, on a Google drive that I posted the link to. And in there is Michael Ted's maps and the wizardry maps is one of them. And the wizardry maps, like him and my buddy, Tony or our buddy, Tony, his buddy, Tony, you know, and they were probably, I'd guess they were probably in their mid 20, early to mid twenties when they did this sat around, probably drinking and smoking on Friday nights. And, did like played wizardry together and one of them you know t- ted was sitting there drawing those maps and tony was fucking playing and they were trying to solve that game together you know and that's like i said an early 20s couple the idea of an elderly couple sitting there doing that is fucking incredible it's so fucking cool and that's awesome just not there's nothing that can make there's no video game created today that can make that happen and that <laughs> priceless Bob priceless value of of these old games you know so fucking cool. They do, though, sadly. I don't know if you did you read the very end of it, Jay? The very end. I mean, the very end. end. They mention at the end that they intend to tackle Ultima next. Eek. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh. I, hope it, I hope it didn't ruin their marriage and uh. or kill them. <laughs> uh. I'm sorry. I wonder how that went down, Bob and Frank. Yeah, yeah it, it would be incredible. Like we've talked about a few times. Like, what was that? What's that fucking guy's name from the from game pro the guy that they keep trashing on because he wanted to get rid of the hints what's his fucking name? oh man i forgot yeah. <laughs> i forget his name too but whatever whatever how, we, how we've talked about how you know essentially like the snail mail twitter reply system like i it would absolutely thrill me to four months from now see an update from them talking about how ultima did some terrible thing to their life. <laughs> I would, I would love to read that in an upcoming issue, and I can only uh, uh, pray that that's the case because that would be incredible. That would be great. Right. So that's kind of it for players' pulse from my perspective. Uh, unless you uh, did you did you the other kid was just kind of a normal kid. I don't even have shit yeah. to talk about him. <laughs> oh, 
But you're definitely not winning over Bob and Fran, I'm afraid, this month. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely the power player. You're not. Gaming for the, everyone. Let's go, yep. Bob. So the first thing in the actual mag is a 14 banger for Final Fantasy, and I believe that is a game feature page count record to date. 14 pages. Dude, look at that. Look at that art. Like, yeah, it's beautiful. Oh. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, no, I mean, artwork wise, throughout that, you know, that well, we're talking about the strategy guide now too uh, on, on that front with the with the side quest and yeah, I mean, there's just the artwork. Everything they did for this is just so beautiful and so well done. And great. side note, I see this immediately, and I'm just like, look at these class change characters. I must find where this happens you still immediately. Done it? No, you still haven't done it. Oh my god, dude. It's it's not it's not a lot of work at all, uh, but yeah, I'm definitely just just waiting for you guys now. I, well, I mean that's <laughs> like that that was the impetus for starting the the map thing was just I wanted to play with those, do something with those characters and they do dude like I am going through there. It's I different completely different experience well, now. Yeah, <laughs> fucking wildly different in that like I don't even it's like I might as well be walking around outside Canaria like the first castle like as far as like the threat posed to me by the enemies and shit like i map i don't even think about it dude like i literally the battles are just map making interruptions in that like i (laughs) am trying i'm i'm counting spaces and drawing and then i get into a battle and i'm like fuck and like i literally just i don't even look at what it is i just hit a and make sure they're all assigned to a different fucking sprite and then let it go back and go back to mapping while the turn plays out like i finished the map last night and like you know i haven't been able to do more than maybe like one and a half floors at a time because those floors like three and four and five has a two i guess where they're like it's not it's those little thin walls you know so there's still a whole block like as far as like relative to your sprite they still take right. up a whole block but the way they look makes it a little harder to map because you got to mm. like really fucking walk your guy and make sure you're not shorting or putting an extra square in, in what you're doing because of the way it looks because they just don't look like full walls and full sprites so like it's just you know it's just more work basically so those fucking those and those are huge sprawling fucking levels like so much work to do those but anyways i, I can only do like one or one and a half at a time or something like that before i have to fucking just go back outside and turn it off but you know, a level and a half of that, and, like, I'm not even... I'm still... I'm Everyone's max HP. They've lost, like, seven HP after, like, you know, an hour and a half of playing, like, the game. Walking wow. around in battles. And they've lost, like, seven HP or something. That's you know, crazy. Like, yeah, no, they are they are so OP and so fucking, like, just decimating everything in the So it was game. worth it to go through all the pain, and I was yes. like, that yes. seems like you're yes, not having fun. Why are you doing this? <laughs> no. That can be asked of many of the things I do, uh, particularly video game related. But yes, so yeah, they, the first four pages, yeah, there it's like this. They have the beautiful title page here. With it's actually, I like that it's the very party Jab and I used to roll with his kids, fighter, black belt, black and white mages, and there yes, post class change. So you see their their ladder visual look, and I even other than they got them even attacking is very cool too. You know, that's they're not just their standing sprites. They're like the white mage. You can see the was like a ruse, I think, spell or something like that. Uh, some sort of, excuse me, defensive spell. And the black mage is casting fire, you know, so that's very cool. They spend three pages recapping things up through hitting Crescent Lake. So it's kind of like these very small blurbs just getting you, catching you up. Uh, uh, on last episode, last week on 
uh, MacGyver. <laughs> you know, it's kind of what it is. So they then drop a two-page map spread on us that is illustrated, but still like to scale on a pixel-to-pixel pixel grid basis, which is fucking awesome, dude. That, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just a great mashup of, of art types, you know. It's really fucking cool. And then obviously still has the utility that you want. So it's, yeah, it's fucking great. All the POIs are labeled, which is really nice. And they have a blurb laying out how vast the world is here on the left, in the left margin. And it's urging you to employ the pack and maps that come with the game and Matoya's map spell to bring up the in-game map. And at the end of this, they tack on a tagline that I like a great deal before covering the different travel vessel options, ship, canoe, airship. They say that getting there is half the fun. True that. You know, it's a very applicable thing. Like that they dropped it there. And then they have two pages on Gurgu next with detailed maps and many words to live by that Jab and I consider old school RPG gospel. Don't waste magic. It's better to run. Carry a full supply of 99 heal potions, etc., etc. Things that we've probably said to you umpteen times since we yes. started that side quest. <laughs> or any, any, any of the side quests, you know, which is pretty fun. And then a single page on the ice cave. And then they have four pages on things that you and I decided to skip over so they didn't soil the side quest adventure that we are currently on because it's exactly what we're talking about doing here. So, um, did well, did you remember to not look at those pages? Yeah, I skipped over them. Okay. Word. Yeah, for sure. And then the last thing they get to is a page on the second part of the Final Fantasy Treasure Quest contest they are staging. And the prizes available this time around are twofold. They have, they're giving away 500 Final Fantasy Adventure Packs, each stuffed with treasure, uh, that's the consolation prize, and they don't explain what treasure is, but kind of just looks like swag. And then the whopper here that they're giving away are two authentic suits of armor, and they are described as as much fun as a stuffed armadillo, but stylish. <laughs> <laughs> so sadly, there are no Google returns of any kind whatsoever for either of these. And you know, as always, that kind of makes me question whether it even they were even given away because I just don't see how someone doesn't say something about them or try to resell them or something at some point. And, you know, everything's on the internet. So why is that not? <laughs> but the only thing out there that I can find for any of this, any of the shit for these, uh, these contest deals for final fantasy is that shit about the orb. One of the orbs that went for, went up for sale like a decade ago on eBay. So that's only thing I can find. And that bums me out. Cause I would so love to see those of course. And the contest questions, only two of them this time, what is the name of the ex-mermaid? And no idea. There's, I'm guessing she'll be fine when we get to the water fiend part of the game, but yeah, I, I can't recall what that is. And then where do you find an inquisitive broom? And when I wrote the, when I first was doing this, I hadn't done the side quest leg that I just did. So I did, I had no idea what the fuck that was. Like it's not referring to the brooms in Matoy's cave because that's those what I immediately asking, thought of. I was like, yeah, they, yeah, they don't ask a question; they just tell you, yeah, the thing backwards, you know. So it's not a question. So, yeah, I, we hadn't found this yet prior, but up north on the northern continents, there is a town with a broom in it. And I can't recall what it says, like its dialogue copy specifically, but I think it might be a question. So that might be it. Mm. Um, and I'll certainly think of that next time when we get to it. Because, like, this, you know, the side quest episode we're doing is not dealing with either of those towns that are up there. So, or are there three? Whatever. It's not dealing with any towns. So I didn't like make notes and stuff for those, you know, for this episode. So when we get to those towns and we cover that one, I'll for sure remember that. And, and if it is, that, that's cool. That's, you know, one of the questions. 
So that's kind of it with the Final Fantasy shit. Uh, you know, we fucking covering that game so in depth. What are you going to talk about from this stuff? <laughs> Whatever it is, we got it covered for sure. We've already talked about it for probably 45 minutes, whatever, every single bullet point in that fucking thing. So after that, we have Howard and Nestor, and their feature game app is game app alum, Super C. And as far as these go, kind of as always, Nestor's a dildo, Howard is a passive-aggressive dickhead the whole time and then a shitty gameplay hint is obtusely wedged into the dialogue etc etc <laughs> oh my gosh i'm i'm just i'm done with howard and nester like <laughs> yeah yeah that was just not funny i just read it and i was like ah, yeah. why yeah. i'm i'm thumbing through that one when i go through nintendo power 15 like meh yeah. yep i do every time i read them cuz fucking I don't know, maybe we'll find an interesting one, but two, just, I'm dutiful. I'm, I'm dutiful. Yeah, it's just not good. Not good. And like I said, even as a kid, dude, I wasn't, you know, I've said it a million times, but even as a kid, I didn't like these, which is, that's saying something, you know. After that, we have a two-banger on the, con- the, or the, the summer consumer electronics show in Chicago, and given the nature of CES, which is a look forward to things coming down the pipe in the video game industry, yeah, most of, yeah, most of what's covered here. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, Mega Man 3, Deja Vu, Beetlejuice, Bart Simpson versus Space Mutants. There's a lot of stuff in there that's interesting to talk about, but none of it's hidden for a while, of course. But it's the hotness. I mean, it looking is. at this, getting this Nintendo Power, you look at this, I'm just like, <gasps> eating this up. That, man, that arcade game, oh. yeah. Like I said, I had this issue, and I'm sure that arcade game thing probably had me on fucking pins and needles, dude. I was probably like... I'm like, when is this coming out? Oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom, for my birthday, this one, this one. Right, yeah, yeah. Even if your birthday's before it comes out, you're like, can I like get a voucher or something? <laughs> right, the monetary equivalent. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe we put it into a fucking uh, um, what the fuck? into a Coverdell account. We'll put it into a Coverdell account, earn some, earn some an interest bearing Coverdell some account interest. to uh, to to earn some money for college, and then I'll be able to pull that. You know, but be able to pull it out still when fucking whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking kids probably petitioned for this the second they saw it, no question. I love that they mention NES Play Action Football for the Game Boy here when Nintendo can't even get their shit together to get the NES iteration out for as long as they've been talking about it. And it's been almost like a year now that it's delayed getting onto store shelves. So they're talking about the, the Game Boy version and they can't even figure out the fucking NES one. So Hey, wait, maybe it's they knew I'm it sure was coming. I mean, they're going to yeah, keep yeah, hyping it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, it's two different fucking teams, too. You know, the, the Game Boy one. It will be hilarious if we find out that the Game one, Game Boy one ends up coming out before the fucking NES one hits. That will be hilarious to me if that's True. the case. Which now I did not check that, and now I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna do it. Not quite, but super fucking close. The <laughs> NES collection on Nintendo comes out in September of 1990, and the Game Boy version comes out in December. So. Pretty fucking close. One title that is covered in here that does hit in July, though, is Nintendo's in-house puzzler, Dr. Mario. Jay, what is your stance on Dr. Mario? That game doesn't <laughs> exist in my mind. That's my stance. It does, it does not it does exist not ex- in my mind. Really? That game is perhaps the... Worst Mario game I've ever played, perhaps. Oh my! Like God, outside Jay. of outside of the Atari version, which I hate because it was just you know it's the original. I I, I, just, I hate Doctor Mario in every way. It's 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 a low budget Tetris that is nowhere near as fun, and I will not play it. 
Josh, the field, the floor is yours. Jay, I think we have to dissolve the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you like this pile of terrible. Like, ah. Uh, so, well, how, explain to me why this is not the worst Mario game that's ever been created. Oh my God, it's fucking name a worse one. It is in in like, anyone. It, it, it any, is any so. Mario addicting it's ridiculous dude it is and like i you know i don't even it's not even a nostalgia thing i don't think i was a big fan of as a kid either because uh, you know i don't know it's just it's it's a puzzle game and that you know that as as a kid you want more going on but as an adult game oh my god i play it so much to this day like it's definitely a better real-time puzzler than the nes Tetris like no question the NES Tetris's are trash in my opinion the Game Boy one's better and I'll play that but I actually I've, don't I've remember never, NES Tetris at this time so yeah I've, I don't know. well they have the there's the ten there's a Tengen version and an NES released one or Nintendo released one I know I both. just I think of the the Game Boy one immediately first yeah right yeah well it's better so you and should, then but, now all the Xbox ones in Tetris yeah. 9 like I think about those Tetris effect you know right well the, the NES Tetris or the Nintendo Tetris rather doesn't even have two-player head-to-head, which by mm. default makes it a way shittier game. I'm pretty sure the Tension one does, if I'm not misremembering. So None of this is- has anything to do with the fact that Mario... Dr. Oh, Mario. yes, it does. Yes, it does. Head-to-head fucking multiplayer is a huge part of it. The head-to-head component of Dr. Mario is fucking incredible. You have so much effect on each other's gameplay. It's so frustrating dude it's so so I don't you know. enjoy matching the colors so we're color matching is that that, that that's that's well, you, you do you do game. color match but i mean it, it has the same thing as tetris with like or maybe not tetris i guess but like and i'm not even again i'm not a bejeweled fan but it has the thing going on where like you, you know you need four in a row of course of the same color but you can make that a lot of different ways and then there's chain reaction things that you can devise too and the chain reactions are how you affect the other player's playing situation so you're there's a huge incentive to chase chain reactions but that bejeweled is a much better game i mean super dr mario no is, it's not and it's definitely oh my not gosh. Oh, josh what are we this, oh jay this game oh. is so this game is so goddamn good so i guess oh. maybe god forbid you don't know what dr mario is you oversee a bottle-shaped play area full of three different kinds of viruses. The primary colors, red, blue, yellow. And you have to drop two-sided pills made up of those same colors down onto them from the neck of the bottle that create rows of four for the same color. Rows can be made up of virus or pill, just same of the four colors. So you can have two viruses, two pills, even more, if God forbid you're playing a level with that many fucking viruses in it. But gravity is a factor, so when lines are made up, Pill, halve, pill halves that are remaining will fall, that were hanging in midair will fall and can create chain reactions for bonuses and shit. And the music so, is fucking incredible. For one, no, before you even start, the fucking <laughs> music is incredible. There's only two track options. Fever and Chill are the track names. I'm a chill guy. So that's fucking great. And then, yes, Jay. Oh, my God, man. The head-to-head is fucking on a whole other level of competitiveness. It's so much better than... All you know, I hear what, you, you, you saying you, is, you is, is give me a list of options. Player, 
and 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 not none of them sound fun. I just hear you give me a list of tasks, and none of them sound fun. I I, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> oh my god, dude! It's so much better. We gotta play them. We gotta play. We have got oh. to play. It's you. You clearly do not have the head-to-head exposure. I mean, you know, if you, you know, whatever. I'm sure there are plenty of people that are prefer Tetris. I'm sure there's plenty of people that, that are like that. But to say <laughs> that it's bad is fucking insane, dude. Like Amy and I will play this, and she loves. She always wants to play. Like, she I, I, literally. Anytime I want to bring, it, I want to play it. She will play it. Like we can stop whatever we're doing. If I suggest, because like I, she's always trying to get me to play it, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't want to fucking play Doctor Mario. Because <laughs> like when we start playing a dude, she flat out loses her fucking mind, dude. She loses her fuck. She's a different human being. She's a different <laughs> fucking human being. She acts like a crackhead. I'm not. It's no bullshit. She acts like a fucking crackhead. And she like oh we, you know we finish first of all because I win a lot of them. She, we finished the level, and she's just like, again. And I'm like, no, like we played fucking seven times. Like, no, we're done. <laughs> no. Again, again, again. She just says it. She's like, there's no, she doesn't say any other word. She won't say any other word. She just, again, 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 again. <laughs> like, just again. It's fucking, she's like great. a crackhead, dude. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, she'll play as long as I put up with it, basically. It's fucking incredible. And oh yeah, actually, gosh. I bought her a, bought her a clean uh, CIB copy. For Christmas a few, few years back, so now it's in the collection. Like I actually have the full box right here, sitting up on, on my desk. Oh my gosh! So yeah, the, I would play that via NES online through the Switch online only, and only if I hated myself that day. I I, I don't. Jay, you don't know what you're saying, dude. I'm telling I've never, you, I've, I've, I've clearly I never played the head to head. I promise but. you, if we play head to head and you really stick with it, if you can play for 15 minutes, if you can stick to it for 15 minutes and get grooving, I promise you, you will fucking be into it. Especially you, your little video game competitive thing. Dude, you, oh my God. You would fucking, it's so fucking good. I don't know. Dude, my man. grandmother, I think I've told this story before too, but my, my grandmother, she actually just passed, fucking, my, my Ted's dad, or Ted's mom rather, uh, he bought her an NES, and this game... I think she had Tetris in this. And maybe probably some Mario's or something too. But this game would sit in her NES at all times. It, would, it wouldn't even be popped up. It would be down. Like she, when she put the game in, she wouldn't close the door. This is a cool memory. Oh, really? She wouldn't, she wouldn't close the door. So you could see the game that was in there. And it was always down. Like if you walked, it was in her bedroom. If you walked into her bedroom... It would be in the Nintendo and it would be fucking down, you know, and like, the, you know, the system off, you know, when it turned, I'm not saying when she's not playing, that's how it is, you know. So she played the fuck out of this game. Like it's for fucking anyone. Anyone can fucking play it and it hooks anyone, dude. It's so fucking good. It's, it's, it's gotta just be a lack of exposure, dude. It's got to be that, <sighs> that you're saying these things because it's fucking insane. It's so fucking good. It's such a good game, dude. It is so much fun and head to head. It's a, I'll put a challenge out there right now. Any of our listeners. You want to ju- you want to you want we want we should we should do a fucking tournament or something. I'm happy to do an I'm happy to do a Dr. Mario. If we get enough people <laughs> bugging us to do it, I am happy to do a Dr. Mario fucking head to head uh round robin tournament. <laughs> right. It's so right. fucking much fun. It's crazy to me that you're saying that. That's crazy. I'm yeah. I'm fairly certain I saw it on like the Switch, you know, NES online. It is. So. It's on there. Yeah. But you know what? You can't play it on Switch. Switch sucks. We we tr- we tried doing that when we first got started fucking with NES online really? thing too, because it was it was just so much easier to do than firing the Nintendo up. The controller, you, those controllers are horrible for. Dr. Well, I have Mario, the dude. Switch, the NES controller for the Switch. Really? 
Yeah, maybe like that's better. I haven't, I haven't used those, so maybe it's better. But those, uh, I don't play. I, I don't play those unless I use the actual NES one just to make okay. it legit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because yeah, the the directional stuff you can get it's and it's so. Oh my god, it's frustrating when you fuck up in Doctor Mario because of like some dumb little thing, like one little minute yeah, thing off. Yeah, it's like, that's part it, of why I hate cr- it. Yeah, it can it can crush your soul to get that wrong. Well, dude, don't don't be angry because it's not it's not. Like I said, it's not, it's, if you play with the normal controllers, it's fine. Uh, it, the, the controls are not bad by any length. Uh, it, so if you fuck up, it's on you, Jay. Don't 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 hate the game. Hate the play. Still not fun. <laughs> we shall see. I, I'm willing to try it out again just to see. Okay, okay yeah, so we got to we got to fire some head to head head to head, head to head up on that for sure. All uh, right. I recommend getting some practice first, Jay, because I am a fucking assassin. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so after that we get into our cover feature uh it gets realized next a seven banger on chip and dale rescue rangers half of what they gave to final fantasy that tells you so that tells you that who's who's really pulling rank here disney probably tried to throw their weight around to get that on the cover but we all know who the real big dog is in this issue and it's final fantasy <laughs> so this is an action platformer from Disney, as we said, by way of Capcom, and it is based on the after-school cartoon of the same name that ran for three seasons. And you know, I did a little dive on this just to, to you know, I watched it a little bit as a kid, but I uh, didn't know any of this for sure. It started on the Disney Channel in 89, and then went into syndication in 1990, where it would play as part of what was termed Disney the Afternoon. Disney Afternoon. I'm, yeah, I'm sure yeah. that warms up a many, many, uh, uh, a person our ages little heart and <laughs> so yeah it was part of that and it was alongside tailspin and ducktales heck yeah and man it, that's a fire lineup <laughs> that's pretty Come good on. yeah ducktales is good i kind of like tailspin and i kind of like chip nails yeah but Duck Ta- tailspin was DuckTales like the third on the list yeah for me for sure and so yeah so the the show is focused on the namesakes chipmunks chip and dale as well as monterey gadget and monterey's housefly sidekick zipper and uh, they they take so they take those Chip and Dale, they, they take them and they're, you know, I don't know. It, it may just be, I don't know how you argue it really. So it, it's just kind of something that just is like, it's so perpetuated on the internet and in the zeitgeist that it's like, it was, you can't help but say it now when you talk about these characters, but Chip is modeled after Indiana Jones. Dale is off of Magnum PI is like the idea here. And it's like, that is like what supposedly they're, you know, kind of <laughs> like, I don't know, they're. The rescue rangers, man. They come on. They're like, (laughs) yeah. But I don't know. But like, how does that equate to maybe like, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Just the heroes. They're supposed to be those. They're adventurer heroes. Like, what do you do? Yeah, exactly. Crime solving, adventuring heroes. So yeah. So so yeah. So I did watch it though. Again, not nearly as enthusiastically as Ducktales. So you you said Tailspin was definitely third fiddle for sure. What uh, would you? Is it? I mean, Ducktales is number one. Okay. Yeah. Ducktales number one. But I still love Chippendale. I mean, I. This is a great Monterey Jack is a great character. I as a kid, like I remember when I got a lunchable and it was Monterey Jack cheese for the first time being like, Oh <laughs> shit. Is this like from the character? Like I was so confused. <laughs> you know, it was that really like when you don't know and you're like, wait, that's a type of cheese? That's the character. <laughs> just just shattered your fucking reality as a child, like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is yeah, this? Yeah, that- yeah, that's fucking incredible. That's good. But yeah, lo- yeah, love the game. I mean, and we've talked about this several. I've talked about it several episodes about several episodes ago. Excuse me. But this was a qualifying game for a gaming competition that I entered as a kid. 
So, like, I still don't remember what this tournament was, but I definitely remember playing this a ton, like, trying to prove my skills for it, playing it in some, like, like city center in downtown Columbus or some kind of some kind of area when it was out. And, yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. What can I say? It was a freaking I mean, great game. Having that fuel for your nostalgia fire for it is no question a factor, for sure. Yeah. What do you want me That's to do? Cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. My product uh, of the yeah, Disney so, afternoon. <laughs> well, my, my see, my thing is... The reason I don't think I was really into it is I was a big fan of the old school Chippendale cartoons. I really liked their like their old Disney short versions of them. Of them, you're looking like you don't even know that exists. I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, wait, what are we talking about? But now that you say it, oh, that were, those are so different, though. Oh yeah, way different. They didn't. Yeah, they, so they were. You know, they're they're. You know, they. I don't know. They're well. They were. They were usually like the. I don't know if all of them, but a lot of them, they were an antagonist for Donald Duck. So yeah, you know, they were like more just the chipmunks instead of they didn't have this different personalities, distinct personalities between the two. Oh, they like, do, they do. They do. I mean, they but are, not they, not like this. Not, not like no. This, they're though. they're more fleshed out. But it was it was that same dynamic where Dale's like the doofy dipshit, and Chip is always annoyed with him because he's fucking stuff up. Like there that that dynamic was absolutely there in in the old ones too. So yeah, my like yeah so. I actually had this Disney collection VHS tape, I remember, that had Goofy on the cover of it. And one of their cartoons was on that tape. And I, I wore that motherfucker out, dude. And it was, it's, so he ran, it, it actually ended up looking it up on YouTube. It's an eight minute short. Oh, and it's called, yeah. it's the one I posted. It's called All in a Nutshell. It was made in 1949. Link to that is in the show notes. And it's, they, so. Donald is runs this peanut butter <laughs> making stand, selling making selling stand, and like the the little hut that he does it in is shaped like a huge walnut. So when they when the fucking when Chip and Dale see it in the forest, they like have a fucking out of body of experience. Like oh my god, the biggest most incredible nut ever. We'll never have to look for anything oh, ever again. I re- you know? remember I see yeah, that. Yeah. So so they oh, so yeah. they the, the first half of it is them trying to crack into it. You know, trying to, cause I guess they just don't see the cover, the door, or whatever it is. So he like they they're trying to break into it, and once they get inside of it, and they realize they 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 find peanut butter for the first time. They've never seen peanut butter before or tasted peanut butter. Once they figure out that there's something in there making peanut butter, they're they're trying to steal all the jars of peanut butter from them, and it is it's a fucking great, it's great, great, great cartoon. And yeah, I remember it so fucking finally. So yeah, so that's like I have a big affinity for their old school ones, uh, and I think that mm. kind of affects my enthusiasm for these kind gotcha. of rebrandings of, of of them, you know. So fair, I think that's, that's part fair. Of it. But but not you know, I certainly I don't have any shit to talk about. Chip and Dale was great for sure. Yeah. So yeah, in the game itself, you control the lead dogs, and the maybe the coolest part about it is the simultaneous couch co-op is available for that. So you can play, you know, as two people, as both Chip and Dale at the same time, and that's fucking amazing for two fucking kids hanging out together, two brothers, mm-hmm. uh, whatever brothers and sisters. Fucking like incredible opportunity to fucking to couch co-op uh, when it was not, especially, you know, yeah, you get like the life forces, the contras, like those kind of more. And whatever kids play those, just the same. But I don't know. It's just like it's a the IP. You, you definitely don't get that for IPs like this. You know, you don't you don't get for like Disney exactly. IPs. You don't get that kind of game. You know, so it, it is a very unique opportunity to control something like that. A control a cartoon is you know probably fucking incredible for a kid's mind. So <laughs> you know, like to do that in tandem with your buddy is fucking awesome. So yeah, so the levels as far as like the format of the game, it's the levels are all oversized, like from a tiny chipmunk's perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. 
it's an arrangement of everyday human environments, a park, a coffee shop, a library, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so it's that's pretty cool little gimmick too, or not gimmick, but a game mechanic. And the first couple pages here in the mag have, you know, they cover the mechanics of the game, the special item breakdowns, then quickly move into a level-by-level map thing up to Zone H. And in customary Nintendo Power fashion, they're leaving the last 30% or so of the game, I would say, to be tackled without the maps. So that's pretty cool. The yep. power player meter is fours across the board, so 80%. That's, you know, very respectable, very good. Respect. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I have, like, a fond memory of the game. And it had to be a rental. We didn't have it, so maybe we rented it. Yeah. Jab and I, and we're able to play it co-op, and that was probably a cool thing uh, t- to both of us. Because, yeah, I, I don't have – I can't, like – it's like, yeah, I, I fired it up as a, as a refresher, and I don't know, man. Like, the title the title screen theme is, is fucking fire, as Capcom is accustomed to bringing to the table, so you'd expect that. But you get to choose whether you are a chip or Dale, even as a one-player, so that's pretty fucking cool. And, by the way, uh, Jay, I'm 1,000% a Dale guy. I don't know how <laughs> You were, I don't know where you stand on Chip and Dale, but I'm a Dale guy for sure. I mean, I'm Chip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's mean. Indiana Jones uh, style. He's good to, he uh, gets stuff okay. done. Uh, I would definitely. I don't know. I mean, I like both those things, but I think just from the comedic perspective, I think Magnum PI is way more hilarious of a of a, of a person character wise, you know, than Indiana Jones is. Like the movies That's are great. Fair. He's cool, but he's a little he's a little bland. Magnum PI sure. has some. Has some fucking some chutzpah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's chutzpah. Like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it's yeah, I mean, it's all fine and dandy, I guess the game, but it's just I don't know, it's just not. I just can't. It's it's not. It's not. There's not enough there for me to play now. It's just mm. not. I did not necessarily have fun. Yeah, I mean the, the music, the graphics, controls, like, everything is solid. It's just like it's one of those. It's Capcom, so you know everything's yeah. great. It's just when you throw it all together, it just doesn't make a great thing. To play present day, from my perspective, I don't know. Hmm. I'm assuming you did play it again. Yeah, it's 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 still fun. You know, I still have that affinity for it. So it's like you know, it's the music, of course. You know, naturally, and I love the fact you're jumping over spools of yarn and just you know the supposed drawn to scaleness of it and that kind of thing. Yeah, so I mean, I still like it. I I don't remember if I beat it. I would think I I did, but like I didn't own it, so I don't know that I ever beat. There's a lot it. of looking at that map. Thing in there there's a lot of levels it's not there's it a lot a so it makes game. me think yeah. i definitely didn't but like i had it, <laughs> i definitely had it long enough like i said to be practicing it for for that for that tournament but yeah i don't know so yeah so did you buy did you you didn't buy it that's I don't a good think question so. actually so you didn't buy so what you i mean do you think i mean it could have been like, a rental like at the time when this came out this was the time when like my mom like there was this place called Farmore, and you could it was like a big I don't know, just a, a chain store, but they had a video rental part where you could rent games for like 99 at the time for 99 cents. And so, and you get it, I think originally for like three days. So like on Mondays specifically, it was across the street from where my mom worked. And so she would rent us like games and for 99 cents, you get it for three days. I mean, I'm playing the heck out of it. And so like knowing that this was happening, I could see she would have rented it and just like went and just rented it again, so I could like yeah. play it more. But I, I'm yeah, I was gonna, fairly I, I was certain I didn't own were, it. If you were just like bugging around or fucking for like three weeks or something to go get it every fucking day. No, there were like there were very few games that I actually owned for the NES. Like the Super Nintendo was when I started like being able to buy games and and all that. But like for the, I only owned an actual few amount of NES games. So at the time, word. 
So we move on from there to uh, there's a tectonic shift, I would call it, to a three pager on oh. Ultra's oft off maligned Metal Gear sequel, Snakes Revenge. Hard pass. Maybe. Moving on. Next topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've already <laughs> talked about it before, and how how sad it makes me because oh. uh, it's yeah, I love the original so much, but the the power meter here is is all fours except which for is ridiculous and, and insane. Yeah. I tried it again, again, just to be like, just because. Am, am I? And sure? I was immediately yeah. mad again. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, they are probably throwing their homies a Konami a bone with that assessment. I would say, you know, which, yeah, it just it really bums me out that it's not better of a game. And you know, the feature here is entirely contradictory to to that. I mean, it looks fucking amazing. <laughs> you know, the art is all cool. Too, yeah, all too Metal Geary. Uh, they launch it off with Solid Snake is on a new mission beyond the edge. <laughs> And they, they uh, I wanted, this is worth reading to me. Uh, back behind enemy lines, Solid Snake has his work cut out for him. The toughest commando since Rambo is on his own, although he might get a little help from his friends. To win through to the end, and that's really weird phrasing, to win through to the end. <laughs> but you'll need cat-like reflexes and at least nine lives. Luck helps. And a little blurb capturing some of the dope show opening cinematic pixel work is extreme. That's like it's. Similarly, 80s aggro, I would say. In Metal Gear, no one could put an end to this one-man tornado. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's just so much testosterone. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> Too bad the game doesn't live up to it. No. Yeah. The, such they, great uh, copy. Such such bombast for such nothingness. Ugh. Such little payoff, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Metal, Gear, the Metal Gear 2 is not alone in that fucking uh, transgression. There's plenty of... Uh, in inappropriately directed hype <laughs> going on in all these <laughs> magazines about things that they shouldn't be uh, misleading kids, but that's how marketing works. A breakdown of the Snake team is provided here. We have Snake himself, Jennifer, John Turner, Nick Meyer, before a number of screenshot maps of top-down areas that are all just as cool as those in the original and make me want to play the show of this game, even though I know better. And they do, they, they show, I thought it was interesting to me that they, they there's as little as you possibly could put of these suck city side view sequences teased in here. So like they're wisely put on the back burner, you know, cause that's, I think that's a big part of the downfall for that game. the Final Fantasy Victory theme bringing us in here and celebrating the Frat Bros' graduation to Ninja Brodom in our side quest. (laughs) (laughs) Apropos. Right. The Nintendo is fucking with the flow a little bit with this issue, putting classified information this early in the mag, and that is what comes next. We have Knight Rider, Double Dragon 2, Super C, Adventures of Lolo 2, Godzilla, Astanax, Zezzy's Bry Fighter, and yeah, those are all the dossier topics presented by the various unnamed Nintendo HQ secret agents. The promo password for Lolo 2 is cool. It, it, right? That's probably the one that yeah, jumped out to me that punching in th- these opens up new rooms, i.e. puzzles, you know? So, I mean, I already think that the, those games have massive replay value to them, and that adds even more to, you know, length and that to an awesome game. So, But at the Pretty same time, cool. man... Like, how can you, like, 
I can get past the third level, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how, <laughs> I got, when I I'm using the pro that. mode. <laughs> I told you, yeah, I, I fucking, uh, I've been, I've played those on flights. Like, the last few flights I took, I've been playing a lot of Lobo, so I've, I've gotten for the mm-hmm. third level for sure. And yeah, I mean, there's I'm far as fucking do it, and it gets hard as shit, dude. It's fucking wow. Very not, okay, but definitely stuck on something. I can't remember what it is offhand, but I'm definitely stuck on something right now. That's why I stopped <laughs> and didn't finish it. So yeah, I am also not pro tier yet either. That's the only one, though. Everything else is like stage selects, fucking sound, yeah. fucking things that I wouldn't like, use now. Like the the Double Dragon Two stage selects would be cool if I needed them, but like I was able to march through that game recently without right. it, so I was like, ah, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, we. I think I feel like those were. We. I think we found those somewhere else. I feel like we already talked about those before. That's why I didn't mention them. But yeah. After that, we are back to game features with a Ford diddler on Victo Kai's The Mafat Conspiracy. And like I said, we saw it on the cover. Oh my fucking God, please go away. Like, <laughs> why won't it go away? Why is there so much? How much money does Victo Kai have? Where they are just, right. it's fucking everywhere, man. They either believe in it a lot or they're like, no, we spin our resources like this has got to work. Right, yeah, this <laughs> has to work or we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, even in the mag, though, the cinematics look fucking incredible. So, I mean, yeah. I can see why they, you know, I, I, I mean, I can get why they, it's it's probably an easy thing to push, you know, on that on that basis. So, yeah, that, I'd give it a try based on this spread if I didn't already know. I'd be like, oh, right. Oh, what game is this? Like, I'd be like, mom, can you rent this game? It looks cool. And then I'd get right. it and be like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Drag. <laughs> Damn you! Fooled <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have screenshot maps of the side view cityscapes, as well as top-down illustrations of the 3D maze portions of the game, which appear from these screenshots to be just one small click up from the Fester's Quest attack <laughs> at this right? 3D shit, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, in the vein of the impressive effort put into the cinematics of the game... Everything about the copywriting and the headings and the feature are reminiscent of a film and a Bond film specifically, I think. So, you know, acts, scenes, prologues, etc. And uh, that's cool. But, yeah, the game, fuck playing this game. <laughs> Which is probably why they don't have any power meter here because like, they, they couldn't, like, like, you know, I don't know. Like, anything that was even vaguely respectable. You're right. There's no power meter anywhere. Right. So, yeah, anything mm, that was even vaguely a fascinating respectable. Am- <laughs> right, right, yeah. Read between the lines. Read between the lines. Yeah, anything that would even been remotely respectable, number wise, they Nintendo was just like, listen, man, okay, we're trying to do a magazine here. You know, we're like, listen, <laughs> we have a relationship. You know, we don't want to fuck you guys. So, but I can't. We can't. I can't. We, can't. we want to have any credibility. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> you know, like. Uh, so, yeah, I'd love to be a fly in the wall for that conversation of oh, why that's man. the case. <laughs> like, we have this other option. You know, it's like the. Nobody will know. Option. Maybe nobody will know. We'll just leave it off. Right, yeah, yeah. It's like the headstone option out behind the fucking uh, revival hut in Final Fantasy. It's like, listen, <laughs> I understand. We don't have the you don't we don't have the resources, the money to offer you. You can't do that. Okay, fine. Well, here's the other thing. Like, it's not <laughs> ideal. It's not an ideal, but it is a solution. <laughs> yeah. uh, from there, we have two pages on ImageSoft's Sol- Solstice. Sol- Solstice. Solstice. Yeah. Come on, give us some respect. Yeah, the quest for the staff yeah. of Demnos. Yeah, Let's you're go. Advocating the shit out of Yeah, we talked about this covering the last Game Pro, and you were intrigued about it, and I was completely turned off, despite ideal theming for kinds of games that perked my ears up. 
The gameplay was just uh, clunky, I guess, probably the best way to put it. The power meter they have here is a 14.5 cum, 72.5% total, despite a 4.5 graphics and sound. So that tells you that's cool. And that's probably, I would say even that is probably more the music because the music is absolute fucking fire for yeah. it. And I wouldn't say that graphics are great. Like, you know, like, so I don't know. 4.5 is high if we're taking graphics. Yeah, that's high for graphics, I'd say. Yeah. Maybe 4. But the way it's look, done in the 3D, it kind of maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, they're probably, yeah, exactly. They're probably trying to the give angle. that a little bump. The There's a lowly 2.5 in play control, which is exactly my biggest gripe. So, again. Fair. Very credible. I, I, I'd maybe uh, give it a 3. I don't know if it's 2.5, but. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't quantify art because I'm not a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I decided I would, like, you know, I read this, and you were, at, and, like, I, you know, it's the kind of thing I like. Maybe I said give it a good shot. So I tried to revisit it and fired it up again. And the, like, you know, I actually read in the piece here, the Mystic Methodologies box on the second page does indeed list a few outside-the-box mechanics for mm. getting around, like, particularly in the category of platforming. So, you know, if I could actually gain a real comprehension of them, I think, like, I was reading them, and I'm like, if I could actually comprehend these and employ them, they might lead to better gameplay. <laughs> and then there's the the breakdown box on the first page also shows a subscreen with a map feature that I did not see. Right? I didn't, yeah. I did not get there when I was playing it, and maps are good. <laughs> I didn't know that <laughs> I either. Like, I saw that, and I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. So, all that, game? you know, yeah, all that, fueling a new fire up. And it still sucks. <laughs> oh, no, I was afraid you were going that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the controls are so bad, man. The one-hit shit, like, the one-hit death shit is so bad. And, yeah, like, the two things coupled together, it just makes, I just can't, 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 can't do oh. it. Yeah. Just a bummer, because, yeah, I think if, if that stuff was better, if I could, you know, if I could get to the point where I could engage the things that surround that, I mm-hmm. think it would be a blast, but I just could not. Want to like it I, so much? <laughs> yeah, like they, yeah, those those enemies are fucking everywhere, and they're just they're wandering aimlessly. Uh-huh. Like it's not like unpredictable movement patterns, and like that again, coupled with one hit death is just really tough to fucking. Yeah, the one hit death them. actually doesn't bother me as much as just kind of trying to aim correctly on some of these jumps and at an angle to land on the well that's what i mean like, and stuff. It's that's what i mean you tough you miss that you miss the jump and then you're falling down into a fucking cesspool of those dudes bat shitting around and like you're dead and one you know it's just like ugh, that's, that sucks <laughs> we move from there to an epic eight banger on snk's july release of crystallis and the table setting blurb is good i'll read mm-hmm You've been frozen in time for 100 years when you wake up to find the, the world has been transformed. Monsters and magic are everywhere, and the kingdom of Dra- Dragonia, Dragonia is, is seizing power. It seems that you're not the only one who's been warming up. Now that you've been thawed out, you'll begin to unravel the mysteries hidden in this altered world and find items of power. Friends and wise people along the way will help you. And they also introduce a main story character here, the hero you can name, so Todd, of course, and... Mesia, and she is a companion also from the times before times that has preceded you in waking up. So you have her going on, and then there's the four wise people, Zebu, Asina, Tornel, and Kinsu, and they impart eight critical magical spells that you learn over the course of the game. And then one really fun and interesting note here in the spell breakdown. The last spell, Flight, is described as pass through hell alive. And I know it's just a word, 
But I feel like it being here, both in the curse word and religion context, is notable for Nintendo. You know? Yeah. That that made it into the mag. So that's interesting. And this is a huge game. (laughs) That is in the vein of A Legend of Zelda, probably, uh, I would say. And I honestly feel like it might be a better bridge concept between the first installment of that game and what would be first on the SNES linked to the past. You know? Hmm. Like, I feel like I can see some... If you were to plot out the video game chronology of adventure games and stuff, like I feel like there would definitely the line would definitely pass through this, getting from Zelda one on NES to Link to the Past. You know, I fully and, agree that it, it kind of reminds me of of Zelda Link to the Past a little bit. But I mean, when I turned this on, it had such a great intro, and then the gameplay. Like, I know I didn't know how big of a game it was, but just the the way it looked i'm like man this i can tell i don't have time for this game right now <laughs> yeah but i like it though like i, I kind of want to get into it you know yep yeah I'm yeah there's, so yeah there's yeah there's there's a like a top-down look to it but much prettier mm-hmm. than the first zelda of course and there's a more refined real-time battle mechanic to it too that's yep. kind of again that's kind of where i get to the link a link to the past where you have just better sword play and even though it's a top-down deal it feels like you have more control over your input and interaction with the world around, you know? So I have almost nothing but fond memories of it. Like I, I didn't own it. I think we rented it and I've never really gotten anywhere in it substantially, despite mm-hmm. like, you know, I had that childhood rental diddling and then at least a couple, if not more half-hearted adult emulation attempts <laughs> to fuck with it. And yeah. there's like this really, there's some thing and I've read a bunch of times that, I know what it, I even know what it is, and I still get to it, and I, I'm frustrated because I don't want like it's the kind of game that I don't want to consult a guide for, especially early on, because yeah. why even play it then? You know, it's the, like right. the, the whole game is about solving and figuring shit out. So why, if you if you got to look at a guide and you can't figure it out, then why even try to do this? You know, uh, this incredibly time consuming retro gaming activity. You know, if it's not for the pot or something. So yeah, it's there's something to do with the windmill early on that's like it's kind of I don't know if it's quasi broken or I, I can't remember what it is, but something really <laughs> opaque and, and it, it derailed a lot of kids. I, I know just from you know seeing and hearing and talking about and reading about this game Interesting. for fucking decades, you know. So yeah, I mean I, I very much think it's side quest material. You know, I, I haven't done uh, we haven't done any real time. Yeah, I like that games like this, aspect. You know? It's different. Yeah. yeah. And you know it's it's a it's a it's a fine line between doing like at least I think at least what I perceive those are those side quest adventures to be you know that kind of like turn based like really because you know if if you don't have the, I guess if you don't have the time in the gameplay to really sit and think about what you're doing I think a lot of what we do with those RP with those side quest episodes will be lost you know if mm-hmm. you're just battling and flying through them like a lot of that like micro analysis and like really really granular shit that we do with those i think will get lost uh or at least not be focused on as much so i'm a little hesitant about but you never know until we try it sure right no and and that's what i mean i think there's enough the thing is like i think there's enough complexity to this story world where it would still happen you know like that's like i think it would still happen in a zelda too like there's there's just enough there you know but not all games like this Achieve right. that, I don't think. I think this one does, though. But, anyways, the feature does a fantastic job of showing off the scope of the game, large overworld screenshot maps, and illustrated labyrinth maps. They explain the elemental weapons versus enemies aspect of the game, which thankfully works much better than that of Final Fantasy. <laughs> and in some cases, without the right weapons, 
your attacks are 100% nerfed and need, you, like, you need to listen. 100%. Yeah, yeah, you need to listen to this pinging sound effect. They alert you that you're not doing any damage. And that's the, uh, I think it was Cartridge Command maybe just did uh, this game. And uh, and they're kind of like similar to side quest thing where they take a few episodes to go through one of these types of games. And I think they were talking about how on there how it gets a little like this is like a complaint for the game that you need to pay attention to this so much. And so because the way you change that problem is you pull up your sub menu and switch to one of your other swords that are different element dependent and latter stages in the game, I guess. You have to do that so much that it gets pretty fucking anna- annoying, you know. But whatever, bro. You know, like fucking it's an old game. That's <laughs> like fucking whatever. But Jay, oh my fucking god, look at this fucking item breakdown on page forty nine. It's so detailed, <laughs> man. I'm on oh it right now. God. I'm like, oh my gosh. Holy shit! Shoot this right in my veins. Look at all this cool <laughs> shit: <laughs> rings, pendants, boots, lamps, shells. The only thing that can make this better is if they added Josh Allen. The the last <laughs> the last three pages are actually the three panels on the back of the pullout Castlevania poster that's that's featured in this issue. So we have like a three panel deal where two pages are just more maps and story development, but the one is a couple of pretty dope charts. The first is a fifty four item steps to get you started list. That is another testament to the lack of faith dumb American kids could do this, you know. And and honestly. I had this, and I told you I still couldn't figure it out, so they were right. <laughs> well, they just they just knew it was complex, and they're like, "We're you're used to Mario just jumping around. This is going to be more tough, you know." Right. Let yeah, us give you baby bit. steps. Right. Yeah. Yep. The second is another breakdown of even more cool fantasy shit: orbs, bows, statues, shields, armor. Et I love so, that one. Ball yeah. of fire. Yeah. Tornado bracelet. Like, yeah. Tons of cool shit. Yeah. Yeah. And inventory galore. Inventory uh, bonanza. <laughs> I, I feel like these magazines are training me that I need this, which I'm clearly, I'm sure that's the goal. That, like, if I play this game, like, I need this magazine. Like, I need to have this up so I can refer to, you know, like, whatever guides, strategy guides, walk through, not necessarily walkthroughs, but like item descriptions and stuff like Like, I need this. Yeah, well, you need, I mean, because, yeah, it's, we said it a million times, dude. Like, there's just not enough. There's just not enough pixels. There's not enough bits. There's not enough. There's not enough shit there to really tell the story, which is what these games are. They're a fucking story. And, like, you yeah. just, you need supporting material to fully flesh out the story to the point where, you know, dude, I'm not, you know, this isn't just a hat rack on my shoulders, Jay. I'm not just, I'm, I know I look like a dumbass fucking farm boy from Ohio, but there's a little <laughs> something going on up here. And my design in these fucking side quests things that we're doing that's why we're building it building in the magazines the way we are because you need that supporting material to fucking really make this work especially in present day where you have an expectation of all that being in the game and all that being there and not having to just use your imagination (laughs) dude it's so (laughs) funny though like when i think about being a kid like i most of the time didn't have that stuff and i just played and if it it was a game like this that required you said you didn't like these games but that's what i mean like if it's a game like this that required this kind of stuff i almost never had it so I'm automatically like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this sucks. You know what I mean? So I would just naturally be like, forget those games. Whereas now, you're right. Like, I love all the games like this, but it's all in the game. Because it's like, you know, here's your breakdown. And I'm like, 
and I love it. So I just, I think I just missed out as a kid. You know, I, I didn't have the yep. things. So well, yeah, that's part of the thing too. You know, you've, you, yeah, you've talked about like not having a, a big, like, you know, these kind, these are not rental games. Just like, just like they're yeah. not mag episode games. They're not, or even game episode games. They're side quest games. Like they're, they're you know, that, like that progression of time needing to be spent with them mm-hmm. is also representative of the way your NES library works as a kid, which was primarily primarily rental based. So you can't you could even if you even had an aspiration for these games, which you would self, you know, a kid is gonna self uh mediate himself as far as what he likes in his head by what's available to him, you know. Yep. So if, if it's not even available to you, you're of course not gonna like it and you're even probably gonna talk shit about them because you don't have them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like yeah, it's it is very much dependent on what, you know, your your, your ability to fucking get your hands on owned copies of games like this because there's just no way to tackle them in a, in a rental maybe in a borrow basis if you could get one out of your friend maybe but you know that's yeah. a lot to rely on so after you haphazardly rip out that Castlevania poster and piss your dad off by scotch shaping it to your wall in a way that's going to rip paint off when you take it down attention then turns to the Game Boy offerings for the issue another eight pager and it's a pretty fire lineup Double Dragon, Final Fantasy Legends, Spider-Man, Paperboy, Fortress of Fear, a Wizards and Warriors joint, and they even teased the TMNT game at the end. Ooh. And some others that are less fire to me, but I don't purport to know every good game on the Game Boy, despite all the time I spent on one as a tot, so, you know, whatever. Final, Final Fantasy Legend, uh, as well as the Legends sequel and adventure, Change Me and Jab's Life as Children. And I don't say that flippantly. So, <laughs> so I have a lot of nostalgia for that one in particular. Do wow. any of these mean anything to you? Wow, it's so funny. Yeah, I never even played such a game as a kid. But yeah, to me, when I look at this, I immediately think of Double Dragon, of course. Gotta love Double Dragon, because I'll play that anywhere. And then Paperboy, I played a lot of, oddly. But then there's Pipe Dream, but I never played that. I I just feel like it was promoted so much. Really? And I was just like, that's such a weird game. What's that? I don't know if I've ever seen that in my life. I feel like it was promoted so much. I would see it. And I was just like pipe dream, but like the idea of it, I was like, no thanks. Just, just give me double dragon and paper boy. And I'm good. It's just another one of those puzzlers, right? That's what's going yeah, on. Yeah. It's just it's, a puzzler. Yeah. They have a ton of puzzlers on there. That was kind of, yeah. I, I mean, even if like, I remember, I think jab had a bugs bunny puzzler on there. And like, I don't know. I feel like whenever they're all just the same, every one of them is the same on the game boy. Those puzzlers, you know, they're all the fucking yeah. same deal. So, Previews comes next, and first up is a two-banger on Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. And you know Konami is coming correct with this, and the power meter attests to that with a bang in 86%. Pretty sure that's a 4.75 in challenge, right? If I'm sometimes I like when I'm really <laughs> like trying to parse these, Math do on. these fucking power meter things. Like I sometimes have a hard time differentiating. It's like I yeah, it's think almost like they, four, four, then like what well, four point nine, and then four point <laughs> right, yeah. five or four point seven. Yeah, but the way five. the meter looks, yeah, like <laughs> and yeah, I don't know, like I, I, I don't know whether it's just like kind of whatever. Call it four point thirty three. <laughs> right, yeah. If they're if they're really going by quarters, like I'm not even entirely sure. So I'm always kind of a little bit guessing when I do these aggregates, but I don't know. Anyways. It's fucking, they think it's good, and they're probably right. And <laughs> they're they're getting back to more of a Castlevania 1, less Simon's Quest vibe with this installment. And it's, you know, it's a side-scrolling action platformer. The RPG elements are minimized a great deal in this one relative to Simon's Quest, though not entirely, in my view. And they are introducing three characters your Belmont will meet and you can play as, which is an awesome feature edition, I think. Hmm. There is Gr- Grant Dynasty. Described as a wall-climbing thief. There's Sypha, Sypha, 
Cypher. It's probably like Cypher. Cypher, right? Yeah. 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 Belmades, and she is a mysterious wizard. And then there's Alucard, the rebellious son of Dracula. And he's probably rebellious solely on the basis of Dracula's lazy-ass naming effort, given as just Dracula spelled backwards. (laughs) Right? Like, come on. No effort, Dad. None. Yep. Come on, man. Do you even care Uh, about me, Dad? Yeah. Some attractive features covered after that. There's an alternate route system that can be taken throughout the game, so the player is given choices through the quest, so the replay value is high because you take one course and you, you can't backtrack and go the other way, so... You know, when you go through the game, however you go, there's going to be parts that you miss and you have to replay it to see that part at all, which is fucking cool. And then there is, I also, and I didn't realize, this is not said here, I don't think, but I was just, there was just something, I just watched something. Oh, the, the, the gaming fucking quarterly or whatever, what the hell is it? Gaming, classic gaming quarterly that I posted that video of. Uh, he did a Konami retrospective, and this is one of the games. And he mentioned in there something that I didn't know about this because I haven't played this game much at all. And I guess you can't – like, once you choose one of these characters, you can't choose – you don't get to, like, switch through them freely. Once you choose one as your buddy, they're your, they're your only companion through the rest of the game. So Interesting. you have to, like – yeah, you have to decide to say no to the first one you find. If you want to get the other ones, based on what he said, so I mean, again, I I can't, I don't know if that's exact. He even admittedly in some of the things he said for the video, he definitely is not like, you know, it was 100%. kind of just like an off the riff thing that he was he was just talking from from liking these fourteen games that he was covering. So, yeah, he may have been incorrect about that. But if that is the case, that's very high stakes, I think, and, and a cool thing that I kind of like. So that obviously, that's interesting gameplay. You got to think about right. what you're going to do. Like, am I going to be able to climb walls or do I want right. somebody magical with right. me? Like what? Yep. And, mm-hmm. you know, also, again, just the replay thing. Like once you, you make that choice, you're obviously going to want to play at least three times then, <laughs> you know, to see what all those characters do. So that's a really cool addition to it. And they also mentioned a password system included here that is not your standard bullshit hodgepodge of indecipherable alphanumerics, but rather akin to Mega Man 2's grid system. And some exact piece of copy here. With no letters to confuse or miscopy, it makes entering your password correctly a cinch. So they were uh, Nintendo was aware of that fucked up part about Nintendo play at the time. So they were pointing out there that they'd kind of fixed it, which is cool. They closed this out with a Pretty dope copywriting signed by Dracula himself. So, mortal man again foolishly pits himself against my undead forces. As I defeated all the others, so shall I defeat you and your puny helpers. You have been warned, Trevor Belmont. And fuck you, Dracula. First of all, not true. You beat him in both the first and second games. And even though he's clearly not dead all the way because he's coming back for these. But you, he defeated all his fucking undead forces in those cases for sure. So fuck you. You're wrong. One. And two, just fuck you, Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> like, after fucking playing the first game for a game up, fuck you on every fucking front. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Uh, this is not hitting until September, though. So we anxiously await that. Next up, did you, is this one you had, like, is this? No, I've no, never played it at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. So, I'll probably talk about that later then for sure, I would say, because I think both of us <laughs> will have that aspiration. Next is Lucasfilm Jellico Joint Maniac uh, Mansion. Check out behind me. Also two pages, power meter sits at a respectable 75%. Graphics and sound is a 3.5, and the point-and-click gameplay control is a 3. And I hear them on these. Relative to other NES offerings, 
But I think it's a bit errant to grade these aspects against games built from the ground up for an NES experience, you know, which this, of course, was not. So that out there, who cares? The game is great in every way, and I'll die on that hill. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As far as what the piece covers here, it's really, like, very broad strokes. You don't really have a choice because the way the gameplay is, it's kind of, you know, again, that point-and-click format doesn't leave you a lot to talk about other than spoilers, really. So just really broad strokes here. They have character breakdowns of the kids you can control and the house you're invading's weird family. Then some very light explanation of the gameplay style being different than your average NES bear, which I've already touched on, and it's very true. Then, uh, yeah, this, this is an outsole September also, but I'm revving my engines, Jay. Prepare yourself. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even play it because I knew it wasn't out yet, so I was like, ah, I'm just going to skip over this one. Yeah. And it's it, it very quickly, when you finally do, if you do, you will have that same realization that you have with Crystallis. You'll be like, oh. There's no point in even trying if I'm not going to sit and really do it. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, it's guy. It's it's a lot of layers, some startup cost, and yeah, again, that kind of that interface being on an NES controller is tough sledding. Uh, I didn't know it was day. like that. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, it's point and click, and it's not even not not just point and click either. Point and click with like the well, Shadowgate's the same way. We got to click. You got to choose the command oh, and man. point and click. You know, okay, that's scum in, that's scum engine shit. So it's tough, but. It's worth it. And, like, you know, you talk about, like, when we do these games, like, is there, like, the, these are remastered for sure. Maniac Mansion, mm. Day of the Tentacle, shit like that. So, like, I played that Day of the Tentacle remaster, and it's so oh, yeah, yeah. good. So, yeah, so. Courtney played that a lot, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really, really good. Very, very smart writing. Very, very fun. And even there's a, a really cool, I can't recommend it enough, brought, about, brought it up before, too, but the maker of this, they did a, a Kickstarter uh, modern point and click for OS or for just any phone, probably on Android as well. But it's called uh, Thumb- Thumbleweed Park, and oh, okay. it's yeah, it's so fucking good. It's so 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 good. Uh, and you know, we talked earlier about that kind of balance, the Chippendale balance of like nostalgia to modern day, and how how much we want to reference that. They they walk that line, magnifique. Nice. So yeah, really really, really good game. And then we have the last preview of the trio are a couple pages on yet another September drop. Ultra's employment of Paramount Pictures' ultra-boring film franchise, Mission Impossible. The power meter is 70%. Who knows how valid that may end up being. I don't think I've ever played it, and my expectations are quite low, despite Ultra being a Konami shell company I usually enjoy the work of. Um, I think it's an action platformer, but I honestly can't tell from the screenshots provided here. (laughs) I've just never Uh, cared about this property. Yeah, like the movies, really, like just nothing about it is in just yeah. enticing me. It's just I don't Tom Cruise, I'm sure it's great. off. Yeah, yeah, I just don't yeah. care. I remember I watched six- one, but it really I yeah. probably yeah I probably watched one of those first ones too. I imagine probably just on like on HBO or something because the the time period I'm thinking of, like I remember there's a 64 game that my boy Bung had, and we I remember I remember being us or us being like a little. <laughs> into it and kind of like us trying to play it and get through it for a while on 64. So like, I think that clearly was, would have been a licensed uh, adaption of a movie that came out at the time. That's why they were making it for 64. So right. that would have been a time when I just got an HBO and that's the kind of movie that I'm sure was on HBO and probably would have led to me like just checking it out for the fuck of it. But yeah. I, all I can remember is what I think of what is, is that scene where he's descending down the tunnel and he like, the 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 thing that he's attached to like goes and he like stops like inches from the door or inches from the floor. Yeah, that's like the that iconic scene? scene. 
But yeah. I don't remember anything else from that, but that's what <laughs> yeah, I think of either. too. It's me, like, yeah, exactly. Me either, yeah. That's definitely in the game too. I remember that being in the game. So okay. yeah, that's all I can think about it from it as well. Or all I can think about from it as well. So we have the top 30 next, and they have a reflective blurb up top here, something not usually present to my recall, where they're, they point out how they've been covering the best games for the NES for two full years now and would like to look back to July, August 88. So they're already already learning the power of nostalgia and reflection yeah. here. Yeah, even, even back in the initial fucking formative years of this stuff. So two years prior to this particular top 30, Legend of Zelda was number one, Punch-Out was two, and Metroid was three. And that is a top three and a half, to say the least. So this issue, they have no mistakes in the top 10 in my eyes. They have Super Mario Bros. 3, Batman, Super Mario Bros. 2, Mega Man 2, Adventures of the Link, Tetris, Legend of Zelda, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Techno Bowl, and Shadowgate. So that is yeah, that is a, a full 10 that are just like all, oh, like no complaints for me at all. So it's hot list. I mean, the whole top 30, it? I'm just like, it's all great stuff. I mean, the whole top yep. 30, like, yeah. It's... Well, I'm surprised you say that. Well, I mean. Because we have side quest notables here, two of them. We have Dragon Warrior at 14 and yes. Ultima embarrassingly at 25. That, I mean, I would give it yes. Ultima, I feel like somebody fell asleep at the wheel, but like, <laughs> nobody's perfect, Josh. So 28, 29 out of 30, I'll give it to him. <laughs> Pretty good. Thumbs up. Okay. There's something, gaming is for everyone. You know, even somebody's going to like the garbage. So there's, yeah. you know. <laughs> fair, fair. And we have to factor in sales and stuff for this too. These are There's dealers as one of the True. input. Yeah data points on this so maybe they just sold a lot of them and i'm sure ultimate did sell carts because it's a popular franchise so yeah fair enough fair enough game <laughs> epilums i decided to write these down here since we're getting enough of a catalog now where it's kind of fun that we have a bunch of these in here we've already played them for game apps we have punch out still hanging in there at 17 bionic commando at 19 super c at 21 and fester's quest bringing up the absolute rear at number 30 counselor's corner now here we have Super C yet again, Shadowgate, Codename Viper, The mag- Magic of Shaharazad. Shaharazad, god damn it, yeah, that's the right pronunciation. And sure enough, some Batman boss tips we wish we had a month ago. <laughs> so the Batman shits. First one is on the dual container alarm, the stage four boss, and it vindicates my childhood-informed urge to get mm-hmm. up onto that middle pillar in the boss arena immediately. <laughs> that, yeah. that made me feel good and warm inside. And that's probably, you know, we talked about that's, I'm sure that's, that's, this is where it, I had this issue. That's where it came from. You know, I learned it from there and fucking it just rooted deep down inside and it came like, out. All right. Uh, got it. Like, yeah. Lock it in. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so that's just an amazing. I love that we found it afterwards too. Like it wouldn't have been nearly as cool to have had that whole thing. Mm-hmm. That whole mental process couldn't have occurred if we'd have done this maggot before doing that game. So I'm, I couldn't be, couldn't be happier that it went this order. But. The second tip is on Firebug, and this is absolute fucking trash, bro. I am this upset me a lot. This really and I was like, me. wait, they, what? Yeah, they're 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 suggesting that Dirk attacks and jumping the near impossible high projectile attacks is your means of fragging this fuckhead. And they even mention the possibility of running out of ammo with this plan, which of course leaves you completely fucked for the Joker yeah. battle. What are you even yeah. supposed to do? Like, yeah, oh eat shit then die, counselors. That won't work. <laughs> Like fuck you for which one of you guys came up with that? Like you should be yeah, fired. Which, yeah. yeah, it was you, Rich they... Richardson. I question <laughs> that mustache. Right. Speaking of counselors, fortune smiles upon thee, brave reader. We have two. Count them two mullet counselors this time around. <laughs> 
We have Mike Snyder. He has a pretty run-of-the-mill, even-keeled mullet that could still probably satiate our yearning for mullet appreciation if we had no alternative. And Mike digs skiing, video games, and camping. And Bionic Commando gets all of his game love. Beating it one, uh, and I, it beating it on one life is his highest game score, and his favorite wow. game is the same. But we don't need to talk about Mike anymore, Jay, because our mullet of the month here is Dane Emerson's. <laughs> oh man. Dane has what I'd call a nerd mullet, I guess. The the kind of guy that wants to have a mullet because that's what the cool kids have, but doesn't have the necessary genetics to pull it off with like a real gravitas, no. you know? Yeah. yeah. So his front hairline is in total shambles, and it's receding <laughs> way too far back on his melon to accomplish the right business up front kind of thing you need for a mm-hmm. mullet, you know? And then the party in the back is a very stringy and Wispy lacking party. the... Supplies, man. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's lacking the body a mullet man wants flowing down onto his, in Dane's case, sweater over top of college shirt. So you know. Um you oh, have to commend Dane for the effort and really trying to trying to bring it on the mullet front, but I bet looking back, he's not as happy with his mullet phase as Mike is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Totally agree with that. (laughs) That's great. So Dane's hobbies, computers, electronics, sports, video games, and aircraft. Hey, Dane. (laughs) Aircraft is not a hobby. (laughs) Flying them, that's maybe a hobby. Even Maybe he means like putting together, maybe maybe he means putting together those little models. Model airplanes? Yeah. yeah. I used to do that. So yeah, building them in some capacity, whether full size to scale or, or, or... uh, little miniature versions of them, maybe. But listing aircraft without anything else next to it is fucking weird, bro. <laughs> well, he probably, you know what? He's the type of guy that probably went into an explanation, and they said, "Dane, we got like three words." Like, Dane, you know yeah, what Dane, I mean? We, Just say, "Okay, Dane, aircraft." You see, Dane, you've seen the mag, right? You've seen the mag. We have, a, we have a format. <laughs> He's like, I want exact replicas of aircraft carriers. They're like, Dane, we we gotta shorten it. Aircraft. There <laughs> yeah, go. there's only <laughs> only so much copy, you know, that's there's only so much ink in the machine, bro. We can't we can't, you know. <laughs> we gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta pare this down a little. Mullets dig Bionic Commando, as Dane also lists Bionic for both his high score and his fave, which is interesting mm-hmm. parallel. He it's paired with Strider for his high score though, beating both in the same day, being the mountain he climbed. And that is some mountain. I'll absolutely concede that to Dane here. In any event, thank you for your mullet service, Counselor. After these messages, we'll be right back. I called the witch doctor. He told me what to do. He said, ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, tang, tang, wada, wada, bing, bang. That means play Dr. Mario on Game Boy or NES. Tang, tang, wada, wada, bing, bang. Hello, this is Lafayette. And I'm Carlos. From Nerds Talking the Podcast. That's right. Where we talk about everything from UFOs, yep. comic books, like movies, uh-huh. streaming services, yeah. conspiracy theories, oh. ghosts, mm. video games, yeah. and more. Kick-ass. All on Nerds Talking the Podcast. You can find us every Friday with new episodes on all digital platforms where you find your favorite podcast, Nerds Talking 
the podcast. That is a 1991 U.S. market commercial for Dr. Mario J's Ugh. worst game in the NES's history. And they are <laughs> touting both the NES and Game Boy versions in there. There's a really catchy tune, as I'm sure you noticed, and this fun Witch Doctor theme going on. It's pretty damn solid, like all of Nintendo's marketing efforts tend to be, I think, like really well done, you know. Um, as much as I hate the game, as much as I hate that game, I know this freaking commercial. The the minute it started playing, I was like, this commercial, yes, I saw it all the time. Yep, the tune was fucking very very easily buries itself into your... your, uh, music muscle memory, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Summer Fun and Games is the title on new games now available. And the illustration is a fisherman in a boat. And, like, it occurred to me as I was looking at this dude, I was like, I don't know if I've ever actually looked at any of these illustrations. So I was really looking at this one, like, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> like, never, I, I, don't, I don't remember ever breaking one of these down here in, one, in an episode. So I don't know. This has never, never been this interesting. I don't know what it is. But in any event, this one, it's a fisherman in a boat, and the line is in the water. And down below are a bunch of ocean creatures, dolphins, squid, octopus, lobster, seal, etc. And they're all ignoring the bait on his hook because they're too busy playing Game Boy and NES down below. And it's totes cute. (laughs) (laughs) The first game they get into is Milton Bradley's Captain Skyhawk, developed by Rare and released in June. And, you know, Milton Bradley is like, meh. But Rare, good. So that's a little bit of a conflict i guess as far as what my expectations were the power meter is 3.75s across the board and any an even steven 75 percent overall and i feel like this is a game i've heard spoken about in a positive light but the litany of flying shmups on the nes are just really hard to keep track of i've said that a million times too just like most of the things i've said in every podcast now i've said a million times (laughs) (laughs) so yeah like you know i i just it like, I'd heard the name, and it rang a bell, but, like, I couldn't even begin to told you what it was like or what it was about or whatever, you know? And, I don't know, do you have a pre-existing anything about this game? It feels like I never heard of it. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, not familiar with it before, and I just not completely see why now. <laughs> really? Oh, man. Dude, this is not, I read this is Flight... Not- what? I read Flight Simulator, and I immediately wanted to pass on it. But I mean, the geometric environment is so basic. It, you don't, you can't seem to slow down. It seems, it feels like nonstop yeah, action, but not in a good way. Like it, it feels too basic to be called a flat sim. I don't know how I got this power meter. Like I feel like this is lies. This power meter is complete okay. Jay? fluff. Jay, oh, first of all, at the risk Fighting. of this being, at the risk of this being <laughs> a listener's first episode, and not knowing our dynamic. Maybe we should state that you know I'm coming at this from a perspective that's like this game probably sucks dick. Like you know that that is where I'm coming from when I when I see this on the page. So yeah. it's not like you're getting you know I'm not already warm and fuzzy. I'm about expecting this us genre. to be on the same eye to eye here. Right, right, right. So yeah, this is not your typical flying shmup. Just me- from a mechanical standpoint, it's not your typical flying shmup. It's got two very different gameplay modes. It has a traditional aerial mission ditty where your perspective is from behind, like in Top Gun, and that's kind of, I guess, that's the flight sim thing that you're referring to. And then, yes, it has land-focused missions that are handled in more of a top-down quasi-3D view. And there's also a space station docking screenshot thing going on here, and they look like that's probably control-wise its own deal, too. So there's a lot of diversification in the computer code, and for an NES cart, 
that usually means it's not going to pan out, right? Like it's each one's going to be deficient in some way, shape, or form. So I fired it up with all that negativity in mind because I'm dutiful. And immediately you can see the rare in the title screen. Like despite it being relatively simple, there's just some fucking tender loving care there that many NES developers don't take. You know, it's like the that, I don't know, rainbowy type thing going on, a good music track. Like there was just, even though it was relatively simple, still a little more than your average title screen. So right away I was like, Okay, this isn't a total dumpster fire. And you start in one of the land-based missions, and I was immediately, yes, emotionally distraught. <laughs> with, like, with the, it's customary one-hit death bullshit, and that fucking sucks. So, you know, I was dying a bunch right away, but there was something about it, and I don't know what it was. Graphics control, I don't know. But I didn't just cut it off. It wasn't graphics. Down. So what could have kept you into this? I don't know. I mean, oh the graphics God. are not bad. It's not, it's not, they're not, that <sighs> land base, none of it's that bad, I don't think. It's not great, but they're not, again, like, I can't not, know, I don't not know what I'm looking at, <laughs> which is possible in a flying shmup for sure. So, yeah, I pressed on, and that allowed me the opportunity to realize, Jay, did you even know that there's an altitude to be taken into consideration in those land base things? Altitude matters. You look like yeah, you know like if you run into the mountain, you'll crash. Like as you're, as it, yeah, right. But you control your ele- you have to control your elevation throughout the play. I didn't you, seem to be. You able can't to do fly that. over. See exactly. You did. Once I was I trying that to. Out, I even thought that I'm like I should be able to go lower, but I couldn't really. You seem can. To you do absolutely that. can. And once I sorted that part of it out, pardon the pun, it took off, bro. lies deceptions jay this fucking game is great dude it's like i played all the way through great josh what are we doing i'm telling you you didn't so you you didn't even try the rest of it then you never you never got through that you didn't even try the rest of it nope because this was so so terrible why would i want to play you don't even know about the other two no i mean i could see in the Nintendo Power magazine that there was more of it but it's better than top gun for sure i can tell you right now the flight sim part is way better than top gun but now, I mean, I'll get into that, but, you know, the, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I played all the way through the first space station docking sequence, so that's kind of the way it works. I, I'm guessing it probably, every one of them kind of goes this way. You, you do the land deal, then you have an aerial dogfight stage over water with the uh, flight sim part, and then the docking thing takes you to the shop menu with some dope-ass music. you can buy weapon upgrades for your fighter plane. So it has kind of that off-road, super off-road kind of develop your vehicle deal going on with it. And I, dude, I'm telling you right now, I was sad inside when I forced myself to turn it off and press on with the mag instead of playing more. Like, I was shocked at how much fun I was having. It was really fucking good, dude. Really fucking good. I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Insert Ron Burgundy GIF. I don't believe you. Uh, Dude, I'm telling you. Yeah, I had the same exact experience, dude. It's just literally a matter of like, for some reason or another, 
I stuck it out longer than I normally do. And mm. I don't I mean there had to be something there that made me do that. I'm not here like trying to find some fucking flying space shmup or flying shmup where that well just because we need to get one on the pod like I'm not fucking at all trying to do that and I was able to stick with it and once I figured out that fucking elevation thing and was able to competently get through that first stage it I fucking was having a blast dude yeah it was it was and I, I tell you right now when I started posting about it people lost their minds too so there is a lot of affinity out there for this game too so it's not just my perspective we're talking about here we're talking about a a socially validated opinion. <laughs> uh, of all the flying games that I've tried to get you to play, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Like I just, yeah. I think you got to give another whack and try to figure out that first stage, and then and then you know, um, reform your opinion, Perhaps. or at least try. I should say try to. I mean, you don't, obviously still don't have to. You don't have to like it, <laughs> but I think if you could get through that and. Enjoy the rest of the game. The, your opinion might change. Fair enough. Fair enough. SNK's Little League Baseball is next, and this was in that baseball extravaganza in Game Pro Issue 11, so we've already talked about it. One of the, It's one of the middle-tier ones, in my opinion. It's good, but below RBI 2 and bases loaded 2. Power yeah. meter two is a 72.5%. Then we have Virgin Arcadia Collaboration Spot, and it's a puzzle board game with licensing from, the, from 7-Up, the soft drink, and it's their little red spot character from this era. And it's four-player enabled, and that's cool. It appears to be an adaption from Othello, is what I would. It seems like to me. Yeah. Where you're, yeah, you're kind of flipping. You're, you're trying to flip your opponent's colors, colored little tabs, into yours by making plays around them. And it's a, it's knowing Othello, which is a. Uh, bifurcated is that a right word is that an appropriate word bifurcated game where you have binary where you have it's either black or white the idea of adding two more colors and changing that a little Mm -hmm. bit you know is kind of like Othello is not a bad game it's not like my favorite game to play or anything but it's not a bad game and I definitely that was one of the games that would be at school and I would definitely remember playing kids at school with it just because we had no fucking nothing else better to do so the idea of adding two more colors to that is kind of interesting to me uh, it's a 72.5 on the power meter, and it's not out until September, probably, thankfully. But, um, yeah, I was kind of intrigued. I expected it to be, you know, that spot character. I remember that. There is a spot. I shouldn't say I expected it to be. I thought it was that there's a spot, a 7-up. The 7-up character, yeah. Yeah, side-scrolling action platformer game, yeah. So, I, yeah, I thought that's what it would be. And when I realized it was a puzzler, uh, like board game type deal i was like oh that's interesting i didn't even know this existed and the four player thing and yeah i don't know it's just i'm intrigued it's probably because right. it's on an nes tough but um at the time it might have been all right then we have natsumi and bandai bringing us dragon spirit this hit in june and this is the flying shmup where you control a dragon and that's fucking cool jab had it and i was thrilled when i found the turbo 16 port as that was much better than this one but i like this one too they give it a lowly 67.5 percent on the old power meter that's kind of a bummer and as a cool thing I clocked in the copy, or rather, a cool thing I clocked in the copy is you start the game with a prologue mission, I had forgotten this, where the outcome yeah. of the boss battle at the end of the stage determines whether you play a nerfed, easier version of the game as a gold dragon or a full difficulty and length version as the blue dragon. And that's kind of, it's a really cool way of doing that, I think, you know? Yeah. It's very, very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, this is a, did, did you end up playing it or? 
Yeah. I mean, it sounded cool from the copy. So I was like, what? You know, I was fascinated. And I was like, is there original? <laughs> like, it's like a combination of Voltron, He-Man, and I, I don't even know. Like, but I, I got the Blue Dragon. So I, I guess I did well enough to get the full <laughs> Blue Dragon job, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, pretty and, sure, I'm pretty sure it's pretty yeah. easy. Yeah, the first, the first <laughs> level pretty easy. But it, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just an, I don't know what else to say, except it's oddly fascinating. Like you turn into this dragon, like you're flying. So I like that. And yeah, it's it's the same kind of the thing that really piqued me about Dino Ricky and got us into playing an, uh, a fucking mm-hmm. doing a game app on it. <laughs> great game. Great game. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, you know, part of it's just nostalgia. Jeb had it and whatever. But like the other yeah. thing was like taking that shooter thing that's just been done a million fucking times with the same exact kind of deal, that flying type thing, and then just taking it and just putting it into a different world, but still having all those things that make shooters as a concept appeal to people who like shooters. You know, the power-up system and all that shit is very well done in this, and it's it's, it's got the, it does both the ground attack and the air attack thing that you have to oscillate between as a player, so that's, Again, more yeah. mental engagement than just hitting the button and fucking flying back and forth, avoiding shit. So, like, there's, you know, there's, 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 it has the levels, the layers that make a good shmup. But yeah, putting it in that dragon world is a really, really fun thing. I think, especially with the guy and the the sword, like at the beginning, right. like the cinematic. I was like, whoa, okay, yeah. what, what is happening here? But I like it. It's oddly yep. fascinating. I yep. I mean, yeah. Again, the the NES port. Is definitely not the better of them. There's, you know, it's an arcade port, so there's the arcade mm. ones, of course, better. The fucking the TurboGrafx-16 exactly. one was way better. Uh, so, like, I'm almost hesitant to consider doing it, but I do mm. like it, and I'm sure I would enjoy it. And the last one is from Namco Taito, a July release of an RPG called Dungeon Magic: Swords of the of the Elements. And this is one of those real time battle RPGs where you see the world in a first person POV window. And there's mention in the copy of a unique spell system where you combine various magic symbols to weave, is how they put it, spells of all kinds. And like those are all things that seem fucking really appealing to me. The power meter is seventy percent, and I remember dabbling with this as a kid. Hmm. What um, say you? It just, it's just not there. Like, there's, you know, I fired it up too just to double check, and it's an absolutely inaccurate memory. Like, there's just, there's some good storytelling here, but the NES is just, it's just not ready to support this kind of UI. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the shit happening in the POV window is an absolute fucking mess. <laughs> and, like, you know, there's like just, uh, just the thinnest of, uh, caches of assets that they have to put in that window. And it's just, there's just there's just no point in even having the window there. You'd just be so much be better served to have some sort of top down thing gotcha, you know, yeah. where uh, it's not supposed to be a living, breathing, real time environment. You know, so um, that kills it. And I guess like the spell thing sounds so fucking cool to me, but you know the, the game's so clunky. I, I wasn't even able to, to as a kid either. I don't believe really engage it and, and feel it out. But I, I want to say it was one, one of our, one of our like really participatory side quests disciples on the facebook page was was real when i post actually the eye that i had as an earlier thing behind me when i posted that i think he was like oh i remember this game he's like it's fucked up dude this, i was like really? the, spell system, the spell system doesn't work he's like nah it's just a lot of it's a lot of shit that like looks like it's gonna be cool but when you get into it it just doesn't doesn't pan out you know so uh, i certainly trust his opinion yeah i mean some when looking at this magazine you know i as we always do, think of this as I would as a kid and 
Dragon Spirit grabbed me and made me want to play it. I looked at this and this did the exact opposite. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, it just looks like the UI, the, it just nothing about this is appealing to me. I'm moving on. I know that, that. I look at that map and I'm like, well, okay, I'll listen. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But look at the little screenshots. I'm like, what are we? Yeah. I'm like, no. Yeah, it's rough. Because, uh, yeah, they picture the different spell thing on the right there, the spell things on the right there, like different runes and symbols. So, yeah, you, like, get the symbols or learn the symbols or something, I'm guessing, and then you use those to build your own spells, which, you know, we did fucking 20 minutes on Waltz of the Wizard earlier. Like, crafting your own spells in some way, shape, or form, even in these rudimentary UIs, like, that's cool uh, and appealing of an idea to me, but I guess it's unfortunate it doesn't, doesn't work out. So it is. Can't win them all. The NES Achievers is next, and... I thought we we weren't going to get any Ohio representation as I was going through this because there was so little in the beginning. But at the very end, to swoop in, we have Mark Ng of Snig. I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce that necessarily. Of Chester, Ohio. And he had the mm-hmm. top stealth ATF score. And poor Mark sitting at home playing that damn game enough to accomplish that. <laughs> but then we also have Alan Sugg of Wazcon, Ohio. And he had a middling Tetris score. And I couldn't tell you where it is, but I feel like I've heard of Chester before. So the obvious choice for our obscure Ohio geography lesson this episode was Alan's homeland of Wascon. So, uh, well, first of all, the first thing I learned upon Googling Wascon is that they misspelled it, and it's actually Wazion. <laughs> and so an E, not a C there, uh, the third letter from the end. So that's important to know maybe before I ask this mm. question, Jay. Uh it's very possible Alan's handwriting was shitty enough for this not to be Nintendo's fault, and they didn't have Google back then to check it, so we won't talk any shit. But where is Wazion located in the great state of Ohio, Jay? That place does not sound familiar at all. Like, <laughs> and because of that, I'm going somewhere northwest. Good guess. It is located 31 miles of west of Toledo in Fulton County. So, yeah, it's extreme northwestern Ohio. The 2010 census counted the population to be 7,332. So it is of the minuscule size that I like. kind of like most of our geography lessons to focus on. And it was first settled by white people in 1853 and was originally going to be named Litchfield after the town of New York where most of these said, said white people had meandered over from. And a daughter of one of their settlers, Hortensia Hayes. That's a quite a fucking name, Hortensia, H-O-R-T-E-N-S-I-A, suggested they might want to go with the name of the Ottawa tribe chief of the people that were kicked out by the federal government and banished Oklahoma. That chief was Wazion. So surprisingly, those white people fucking agreed. (laughs) That sucked and took the suggestion. I'm kind of surprised by that, but they did. And other than that, there is nothing, and I mean fucking nothing, worth talking about on Wazion's wiki. Uh, this episode's obscure Ohio geography lesson has been brought to you by your mom. A couple pages <laughs> teasing next month's Ninja Gaiden 2 strategy guide and reminding you of the previous Super Mario Bros. 3 guide, that, if you missed it anyways, proceed video shorts. And Disney brings us Adventures of the Magic Kingdom by way of Capcom in June. Oh. And did you, did you, did this is something you played and remember? Right? I loved this game. I oh absolutely God. loved this game. I, oh, shit. I think I beat this game. I played this a lot, and and interestingly enough, sometime within the last year during pandemic time, I played it again. I didn't I didn't play it all the way through, but like really? I definitely started up and was going around. I was like, oh yeah, I remember this, answering these questions and stuff. This is cool. Yeah, 
Yeah, this is essentially a marketing device for Disneyland. Kind That's of. All this is. Yeah, you're just going around <laughs> Disneyland. You're yeah, like, yeah, you're asked yeah. Disney movie trivia, and then subjected to action platformer sequence inside, like inside attractions at the park that you navigate via a top-down map type deal. And like, I know I thought when you first fired up and that you get that like the screen of of it's like goofy mario or Go- not mario goofy mickey, mickey. and maybe donald yeah. uh it's like a really nice looking piece of sprite work and then you have to name your character so you go to this name naming screen and goofy stand up top there while you're naming yourself so i thought i was getting to name goofy todd at the beginning and i thought that was really cool <laughs> but yeah it ended up being input for the dumb white kid you control and goofy was just overseeing the operation i guess so i was uh Quickly disappointed when I found that that was the case. Um, you know, it's funny, and I hadn't, I did the notes before it happened. I have been to Disneyland for the first time since I wrote these notes and tried this game. And Really? That's interesting to me, a funny occurrence. <laughs> uh, like, I thought, went with Amy and her brother and, and his now fiance, and happened to be visiting, and, and then a buddy of theirs. And... <laughs> it's his like, we were in the car afterwards, and her brother said, "Like he's she's she he said the exact same thing about it as I had said to his buddy, just the two of us having a conversation alone earlier in the day. It was it was funny to me. It was like it was exactly what I thought it would be, <laughs> you know, which is not not a glowing endorsement by any length. Uh, yeah, it's like I don't know. See, the thing is, like I had never been to Disneyland out here." in LA I had went to Disney World yep. as a little little kid to. like yeah so first of all it's a useless memory I was like five or something so my memories are completely useless uh, Amy had been to Disney World at some point where she remembered they all I think they all had actually and so they you know I was listening to them talk about it and I guess I was able to glean by what they said that like Disney World in Florida is like and I actually because I googled it at some point in the day, too. Like, what are the differences between the two? And, like, Disney World in Florida, I guess, is, like, it's on, like, 44 acres or some shit like that. It's, some, it's a massive, sprawling thing. Disneyland is... Oh, it's fucking tiny, dude. It's, like, so really? small. I've never been yeah. to Disneyland. Yeah, I wouldn't... Be, like, I'm not even sure. It's probably bigger than Cedar Point. Because Cedar Point is stuck on that little peninsula. But it's not much bigger, for sure. And, if at all. And... Yeah, I mean, you know, you would, of course, you know, I know I'm a fucking adult and I'm not, of course, it's not aimed at me. But the rides, even the ones that are supposed to be for adults, like, the, you know, there were a couple that, like, teetered on counting as roller coasters. Space Mountain and... Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And then, and then there, there was, what was the other one? There was disaster. Thunder Mountain as well. Thunder Mountain, right, yeah. And that's the thing, see, like, so we're going around to these different rides and we're, we're riding them and stuff. And, like, I had this memory from when I was five of riding this fucking ride that terrified the fuck yes. out of me Space at age Mountain five. Space Mountain was a beast, yeah. Not Space Mountain. I thought it might be. I thought it might be Mountain something or other. Yeah. So we actually rode Space Mountain first, and it was not that because that's all in the dark and stuff. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Probably would have terrified me too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it might be that one. We rode it. Not the case. It was pretty cool. That's probably the best ride I rode all day. But, yeah, and there's there's Thunder Mountain. Yeah, and that's like you're on like a – choo-choo train that's going or a, a mine car type deal or something you're going through yeah these different disaster things and like yeah that was it like my memory is like 
a fucking waterfall. There's like a rock or something, some fire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. My, my memory as a kid is just like absolute fucking mayhem. Uh, and yeah, I was on it. I was like, this is it. This is it. And it's definitely yep. not mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> but it was probably the second best ride. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. Disneyland was not. Mm. I definitely, I do not need to ever go back in my life. I'm positive of that. <laughs> if, if it wasn't I mean, for taking you know, the kids, I wouldn't care exactly. to go. It's all about the other right. theme parks and stuff that have cool right. stuff than the actual Disney, you know? Right. Well, that's the, yeah, the Disneyland had, there's a, you know, you're walking in the entrance and across from the entrance is another park entirely that you can't even get into if you just pay for Disneyland. Adventureland Park, it's called, I think. And we were driving up, I could see like actual uh, roller coaster structures. You know, they had like a power tower type thing where like one of the things that shoots you up real high. And I saw a couple like actually looked like normal kind of steel exposed track roller coasters outside and stuff. So those are over there. But I've also, I also heard throughout the day that I guess that it's still like very lacking compared to you know, oh, even, okay. a, even a Six Flags, let alone like as Ohio kids, we're going to compare it to Cedar Point. It's like, give me a break, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, so I guess it's not, it's still not good, but it, it's probably at least closer to adult tier rides you know Fair. what are you gonna do it's cute i suppose and yeah i'm sure kids fucking love it obviously anyhow the game is not much of a trash fire as i expected it to be uh but it was still pretty mad the power meter is 67.5 percent. so it's interesting to me that you that it got you as a kid that's interesting to hear i mean also as a kid like yeah it's disney trivia you're doing disney stuff i don't know it was it was fun enough to keep my attention that like i said some point recently, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna play this game again." You know. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, anything that's that's exactly why they make those guys like Disney. Anything <laughs> Disney at the time for the right kid that got the right exposure to that stuff. Like, yep, shoot it in. Sign like, me up. Whatever, whatever <laughs> the fuck you want to. I don't care what it is. Go ahead and give it to me. I'm tell. Take it and buy it and yell at my parents to buy it until they spend money. <laughs> <laughs> so, Square's Rad Racer Two is next. We've had this already. The power meter is sixty percent. A pretty bleh deal and i agree there's another racer american sammy's michael andretti's world gp also gets a mess 60 percent, and i also agree with that after firing it up and then nexoff's port of wizardry a classic pc text-based rpg hit in july this jay is the ultimate side quest you think ultimate was rough sledding you ain't seen nothing till jab and i drag you into this fucking mess <laughs> no, not happening he's done he's already ruined it talking shooting himself in the foot <laughs> talking about this game enough the amount of text in those screenshots tells me nope <laughs> nope i will be playing star tropics over here while you guys do that over there <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd also be much more inclined to do star tropics than that uh yeah they give it a 70 percent of the power meter which is i think quite generous given how opaque the gameplay is and how scant the imagery is you know like we were just talking about that that kind of same windowed perspective ui for the uh, dungeon magic but yep. like this I, I will to like to their credit like i think they did a, like they have that there so you have some in the battle it's not the battles like it's literally just the dungeon crawling part and occasionally you get something a little going on visually with what you find in the dungeons but they understood the limitations i guess you know and yeah I mean, part of it could have just been the underlying ip was also probably rudimentary so they didn't even have any they would have had to design totally new assets to even try to push that part of it uh, i'm assuming it's probably much more the reason this is the case but 
either way, the end result is better, I think, and that what's happening there is simple enough where it doesn't drag down your gameplay. It's not worse. It just adds like a little bit of a visual component to an otherwise text-based gameplay. You know, so it just works out better, I think, than Dungeon Magic in that regard. But it's still a rough fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's the... It is the, I already talked about it already once, but yeah, it is the apex of NES RPG map making demands. <laughs> oh. and, and again, Uncle Ted's maps are on the, 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 in, in the cache on the drive, so those are in the show notes, of course. Um, I, I, I have pretty fond memories of it, too, like borrowing it from and playing with him and just like, literally as a kid oh. just banging my head into the fucking wall, getting nowhere. But uh, yeah, I acknowledge that as an adult, it's probably going to be really tough. <laughs> So, American Sammy's Arkista's Ring is after that. And no, we've dealt with it already. Jalico's Pinball Quest is another one of these traditional pinball deals with a twist. And there is an RPG mode where you earn gold to upgrade flippers and get abilities. And that sounded really mm. fucking cool to me. But the actual pinball physics are just not particularly good, unfortunately. So, yeah. yeah. I even have a, I have it, clearly a soft spot for these, but no dice they give they give it i mean i think i don't know if i've ever even seen a 57.5 on the power meter so they give it a, like a really shitty power meter grade so nintendo power agrees with that then we have wall street kid it gets a 60 percent on the power meter then absolute and imagineering's team up for heavy shredding a snowboarding game that dropped in june and this has three game modes a downhill race a slalom and an obstacle course it also gets a 60 percent on the power meter but i fired it up anyways uh let's play it yeah, it was kind of meh, you know, like, yeah. I wanted to like it, because some of these slalom type of games can be fun, you know, over the years, there's been games that come out, but I'm like, wow, this game's kind of fun, so I, I tried out. it, and I, Skeered yeah, and, yeah, and I was just like, and obviously I remember the name Heavy Shedding, but I was like, yeah, this is not really fun. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's not the worst, and maybe if you're really into snowboarding, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it might do it I for you. Yeah, but I, I am not, and it did not, so... They give that interesting Boulder Dash game a really shitty 55%, so I guess right there, a new low. And I think that's bullshit. But there's two more pages of shit that we've either seen or is complete trash after that, or both in some cases. And like, <laughs> uh, life is too short, and I can't. So let's get into NES Journal. And they start with a write-up on Lucasfilm Games and their looming release of Maniac Mansion. And yes, Jay, this is the Star Wars people. Have I mentioned yeah. that when I'm talking about the game? So How yeah, freaking cool is this, man? The yeah. fact that we were talking about this way back then, and it's like, yeah, this is the team that just ma that made Jedi Fallen Order. Like this, like they're still going. Like I, I find this so cool. Yep. Yep. Well, they yeah they were doing good work right away, man. And they were they were pushing the boundaries with these those point and clicks and stuff. And then even there, you know, I I don't even like Star Wars, and I remember I was into the like the X Wing and the Tie Fighter games that like are really old space flight uh, simulator type deals on PC and like you know been like early to mid 90s that i've been that i was fucking with those so those were I mean, good and they, i mean it, it's it's so impressive because when you like it says here that they emphasize storytelling right and you you would expect that from this team but then the fact that they were talking about this in 1990 and when i play the games that they are may still making now it's so in line with that because it's it's like you play a certain type of game, call it Doom or whatever, and you have like your big HUD, you hit start, you have all these menus and all this kind of stuff, and it's a very different kind of game than like Jedi Fallen Order, where it feels like you're in a story the whole time. Like the HUD is basically non-existent, so that like when you're out and about, 
it's such a smooth transition between what you would normally think of like a cutscene, story scene, and the action itself that you just like even when you finish a mission, it just kind of continues a story. It doesn't like stop stage five complete. You know, none of that. It just it's such yeah. a smooth. It feels like you're in a story the whole time, and I'm like, I I freaking love that. Love that they stuck For to sure. their roots and are still making hotness to this day. Yep. See, yeah, I actually wrote down a quote. Steve Arnold, the VP of the game division, is quoted here saying, "We think that a game can be just as rich as films or books, and that is what we try to achieve." So yeah, it's facts. A idea. Yes. Yeah, they they mentioned at the end how the NES can do certain things much faster than the PCs of the time, which we've talked about a little bit as far as how that like the the ports coming from and the reason consoles are so attractive at the time for developers, yada yada yada. Uh, but Lucasfilm Games here has previously done most of their developing for the PC, and so they bring up how they you know it allowed them to tweak some shit from their perception to the better. So yeah, he says uh, they were able to dial up the sound in the game. Maniac Mansion, I mean, for the port, as mm-hmm. well as add a great surprise ending for PC fans of the game. So, um, like, I've never known that, hmm. and I've only really played the NES version of the game. So, it makes me want to know what that difference is. Like, I in, in the Day of the Tentacle, that remake, well, it's in the original one, too, but uh, I played that on iOS, and they have a full version of Maniac Mansion that you can play on one of the characters' bedroom computers, like in the game, you know? Which is really? really cool. Yeah. And yeah, I mean it's so fucking cool it hurts really. <laughs> but especially again, like yeah, like yes, that's something that could easily be done now and has been done a million times since. But like back then that had that was a new idea. So that's a really cool idea. And when I was playing the the remaster though, I of course didn't do anything other than just like fire it up and tinker with it very briefly. So I kind of regret not going back after I finished it. And doing that, so I might actually download the game again, re-download it from the store on my phone just to play Maniac Mansion in the game. In the you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the I game know, within the game. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I might I might actually do that just to just to give it a whirl. Because yeah, I mean, it, like I, I assumed that I had played the game like the way that it is, yeah. you know. But to hear that it's different than the PC version, like that kind of is blowing my mind because I've mm. you know I've had affinity for this game since it was on the cover of that NES, Nintendo Power that's coming next. So interesting, interesting. Maniac enthusiasts, write in and let us know if you know because this is not something I was able to quickly discern from googling. So yeah, if you're if you're out there and you know whether there's a big difference and then what it is, it'd be really cool to to hear what it is. Because like I'm not even sure if I played it. I would I I don't even know if I'd notice if it's subtle enough or yeah. whatever. So I, yeah, I'm not even sure. I'll, I'll clock it if I do that play. So if you know, please uh, hit us up on the socials or something and let us know. The celebrity profile. This issue is next, and it gets I would say a little bit outside the box of their normal construct for this. They are featuring the professional racers that endorse four of the racing games on the system instead of just doing one person and, and a whole page on them. Okay. So the first is truck racer Ivan Iron Man Stewart, who endorses our uh, one of our. Um, much talked about games, Trade West Super Off-Road. And they say here that he earned his Iron Man nickname by winning punishing Baja races early in his career. Whatever that means. <laughs> I have no idea what that means exactly. And it says he and his 21-year-old kid will often pop into arcades to play the game together. And that is really fucking cool. That's that must cool. have been really fucking cool, you know. So that's a nice little anecdote mentioned here. And they uh, there's a really weird quote sequence towards the end of this article that I have to fucking... Uh, anal retentively focus on for a second. So, Super Off-Road captures the feeling of off-road racing, says Ivan. Super Off-Road realistically captures the feeling of off-road racing, Ivan says. So, it's basically the same sentence twice in a row, which normally I would just assume is a typo. 
and I would get on with my life and whatever. But no, we're going to fixate on this for a second. They add the word realistically to the second sentence. Realistically captures. So, again, captures the feeling of off-road racing, says Ivan. Super off-road realistically captures the feeling of off-road racing, Ivan says. So, they add the word realistically, and then they also swap the order of the post-quote attribution. <laughs> Ivan says versus says Ivan. And I just mean, you know, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, Are you just trying to re-emphasize this? You're like, how can we yeah, emphasize? Yeah, exactly. Let's just say like, it twice. And like, <laughs> Right, yeah, see, like, here's the thing. I can absolutely see someone saying those two sentences in a row in an actual conversation, right? Right. Like, trying to hammer some point home that he's trying to make but you don't quote them like that in a fucking magazine <laughs> yeah, <it's> so awkward. <laughs> you know what like, i mean what are we... <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i don't know even if you need to do that little in brackets sick thing or you know or whatever the you know what i mean like something yeah. you do something when you're when you're porting that from the fucking tape that you recorded the interview on like you need something needs to happen there it's your job as a journalist to change that in some way shape or form so yeah it was just so fucking weird to me like i was like I don't know. Yeah, you go through this magazine, you're just looking for something interesting. Like you hit something like that, and it's almost like you get stuck in a broken loop. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was fun. And then the next racer is Alan Sir Jr. of U.S. Open Wheel Racing fame, Indy 500 type shit. And looking at, uh, up his history and stuff, seeing as I know nothing about racing and wasn't sure if this is like Formula One or what. But his wiki says he did one. I thought this was really cool. He did one NASCAR Winston Cup race in 93, which is like the closed car kind of deal if you're not if you're uh, like me uh racing challenged and uh, he so he did this one race and he crashed late in the race and just like afterwards and he was fine thankfully but uh afterwards they were talking to him and he said he he'd like to do it again in an interview like right after the race he said he'd be happy to, to race one of these again but he never did ever again so he like had this really accomplished career in open wheeled racing and then did one nascar race wrecked and just never did it again and like i wish i cared enough to look it up like the story that exactly happened there but mm. i'm sure it's like some sort of something interesting going on but yeah i don't know what that is the game he endorses is data east turbo racing which is not nascar it's open wheel stuff of course <laughs> so uh, he does claim to be a big nintendo fan that often plays with his family so there's some connective tissue and talking to him here Bill Elliott is here, too, who is a NASCAR guy through and through, and at least I'm assuming. And given the cool way he's leaning on that NASCAR-style car in the photo, you kind of have to assume that, that that's the case. <laughs> so he's working with Konami on a game they're developing for the NES called NASCAR Challenge, and there's no mention of an affinity for Nintendo and or video games in his thing. So, you know, just an endorser, I guess. The last one is Michael Andretti, who by far has the least amount of copy of the dudes here, three of which... Uh, three paragraphs of which uh, just summating his IndyCar accomplishments. And then the last sentence reads, sentences, I should say, three sentences summating his IndyCar accomplishments. And the last sentence reads, he also helped American Sammy on, a, on Michael Andretti's World GP, although he has little time to play the NES. So he sounds like he's a prick. <laughs> that the, yeah, that, that's the quote they got. He has little time to do this. I ain't got time for that shit. <laughs> I, I, uh, so that's that. And then we have two pages on the rebranding of the Nintendo World Championships to PowerFest 1990 comes next. And I never knew that this like specifically happened or I didn't recall it happening. But it says here the Nintendo World Championships have undergone a name change to show that there's much more to this traveling showcase of Nintendo mania than the competition. <sighs> and that hurts. Bro, me. I... That hurts <laughs> me for you to read that. Because yeah. I wondered as a kid what happened to this. Like, 
Like, I was like, I thought, and I, I didn't look it up, but I thought there was like 89 world championships and 19, 1990 world championships, and it was like, what happened? But what I hate that? this because it, it's, it gets turned into just a, those type just of things that, show. like, you probably worked them when we were back acting in New York as well, where it's like a big convention thing where you're just meant to be selling stuff and oh yeah there's a little competition going on where people are going to win several a couple hundred thousand dollars over here in the corner but mainly it's about showcasing all this stuff so we can sell you and it's like ah man my the competitor in me wants to put the competition front and center but i recognize what is happening here yep i totally agree man (laughs) yeah so don't relegate the competitors to the corner man don't put baby in a corner yeah, yeah, uh, that's a fucking bummer. They do have they have a bunch of pictures in here of these events, and I, I dude, I, I look at these, man, I, just, I cannot fucking believe that I did not attend one of these. Like, the, like the more I think about it, the more I consider the fact that my whole life is a sham as a result of that. <laughs> that I did not, that the childhood me did not fight harder to 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 go partake in one of these makes me feel like a fucking fraud <laughs> it'd be easier if you lived in like a big populous city where it was naturally yeah, i you told know, you man i was not far from cleveland they did one in cleveland i'm 30 minutes from cleveland i'm you know fair enough, I just, fair enough. yeah i i could have if i just would have known i guess i guess it's maybe just <laughs> I, I have to blame it on, on a lack of knowledge but it's a bummer the pictures look like a fucking blast and i would love to have partook yep now we get Packwatch to see what's coming down the pipe in the fall and beyond. We have Capcom announcements, Street Fighter 2010, The Final Fight, Little Nemo, The Dream Master, and Destiny of Emperor. And those are all mouthfuls, for starters. But Street Fighter is a side-scrolling action platformer hitting in September. That is absolutely from the fighting game Street Fighter Universe, and I've never fucking heard of it. Oh. So that's interesting. And Little Nemo, I'm familiar with, and despite the kitty vibes, I believe it to be well-revered, if I recall Great correctly. Game. Yeah, Great it gets, game. I, don't know, I don't think it gets a cover... When it hits, but I think it gets it definitely gets a big feature. I recall in a big spread. Issue, so yeah, yeah. So there's that, and then there's Destiny of an Emperor, and this is touted as an RPG that mashes up Dragon Warrior and Nubunga's Ambition, or Nubunga. Fuck, man, I can't do it. Can't do it. I want to say Nubunga, but it's no, no, but Nubunga's, Nobunaga's, Nobunaga, Nobunaga's Ambition. I keep. I've always called it Nobunga's of it. Yeah, me too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyhow, I'm unfamiliar, but I'm fucking listening to that description for sure. I like those two games as a standalone concept, so the idea of jamming them into a box together appeals to me, theoretically. And then Rare has some shit here, a game called Solar Jetman on the horizon. Do you know anything about that game, Jay? It only sounds vaguely familiar, like it might have been one of those rentals that I'd never heard about and just came home one day, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. Okay. This game is fucking dope. Jay is fucking really good. Really? I own it. Jab had it when we were kids, and I will railroad us into a game app on this one day or another, I promise you. All right. All right. Yeah, it's a very, very, very cool game. Also teasing an ultra release of Skater Die 2 here, which they dubbed Double Dragon on Roller Skates. <laughs> and maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe the worst possible one of those Hollywood things I've ever heard in my life Double Dragon on Roller Skates. And, I mean, it. it Makes sense based on what they describe it as. It's apparently a roller derby themed side scrolling beat 'em up. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm okay. But probably not good, considering I have no recall of it whatsoever. The gossip tidbits mention Taxan is hammering on a G.I. Joe game for all you real American heroes out there. So that's kind of exciting. And those did end up turning out to be not bad games, although there were a couple of them, or maybe even three of them. 
So that's cool. And then we have back issues available now, which arouses me sexually and it takes all the willpower in my being to not open my eBay app every time I see these. <laughs> and that bridges us to the next issue preview, where we are once again reminded a Ninja Gaiden 2 strategy guide will be the next thing hitting our mailbox. After that, though, the September-October issue will highlight Mission Impossible, Maniac Mansion, and the last installment of the Final Fantasy Treasure Quest. Hmm. Do you think, just a prediction, Jay, will we be finished with our side quest by then? Hmm. We're gonna do, I think so. Think. I think so, yeah, actually. I think Timing-wise, so maybe, like, it may be close, but right. I would yeah, guess. I'm guessing, hazard guess. based on what I, I'm going to predict... First of all, that we have two more side quests episodes after this next one. Okay. Just by the way I think it's going to work out structure-wise. So we'll have two more. So, yeah, you got to figure we got our next. We're going to do our game up. We're going to bounce back. Actually, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to say anything more. And I'm going to say we're, we will definitely be done with the side quest by the okay. time we hit that issue. Anyhow, right. Howie's letter is here too, and he's using the two years of publication milestone to try to sell us back issues of the mag. He assures us they're not running in low supply and are sure to be collector's items. And I read that sentence, and even though I got, immediately yes, I'm trying to shit on the fact that he's just trying to fucking turn it into money, but it it did immediately sink me into a whole depression when I thought that if he'd have told me in 1990 or if I'd have read this and really internalized it in 1990, to not throw these away, you fucking idiot asshole dish. <laughs> because I can picture them in the white hefty cinch sack on my bedroom floor that I would chuck them into the trash via. When it comes to bagging your garbage, there's a best way. Hefty, hefty cinch sack. And a second best way. <laughs> a best way to close them. Hefty, hefty cinch sack. And a second best way. A best way to open them up. And a second best. Because there's a hefty cinch sack. And there's all the rest. Hefty, hefty cinch sack. Why settle for second best when it could be a cinch? It really bums me out that I can picture the throwing. I can picture them on the bedroom floor. I can picture the whole thing happening. Just literally, just the whole stack of them just going into the trash bag. Like, a, like why? Why did I do that? Why? Why did I not view them as something to retain? I just cannot come up with. Oh I kept, gosh. I mean, I sold a lot of the NES shit, but anything I didn't sell went to my uncle's and he had the NES cachet. I could have just put that shit there. I, I, I kept all my Dungeons and Dragons books. I kept all <laughs> God from God knows how many other collectible type things. I just, I don't know. I think it's, it's like a commentary on like, cause like I said, I also sold Nintendo games, traded them in for other system stuff. Like, I think it just it so much speaks to how infantile the industry was and how oh yeah the lack of understanding for the value <laughs> simply can, the value Can you imagine having that like I'm looking at the July August 88 issue with like the claymation Mario 2 style thing oh, like dude. can you imagine having that like sealed like in great condition like ugh. Ugh. dude I cuz you know dicking around with the fucking Instagram account for this like I do a lot of, I'll sometimes just fire up the Nintendo Power and Sega Visions hashtags and just go through shit, you know. And I got it. Like the Sega Visions one, you know, it's was, it was a shorter run magazine and not mm -hmm. as well revered, so not as collected in turn as much. So like I was going through those pictures yesterday, thinking to myself, like I bet I could get all these without too much money getting spent. <laughs> you know, so like 
I'm like, but I'm like, God, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want my life to be that way. I don't want to, I don't want to have that stuff. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I can get all of those in digital files and they're in a fucking hard drive and I don't have to find a space for them. I don't have to do, I don't do any of the shit. Like if I just can, can push that urge down, I don't have to have any of that clutter in my life and that's how I should be, you know, but like super fucking like thinking about it, thinking about it, you know? And like, yeah, I like, I found one guy who had like a massive pile of them and he's like, cop these for 40 bucks at something. Like this was like two or three years ago. And it's like, God damn it. <laughs> I would love to have those magazines. Uh, uh, we'll get there, though. We're going to go through each one of them. Hopefully, that'll satiate me. So, last thing in here before a new PowerFest featuring back cover is the Power Pole. And the grand prize for this one is a trip for four to Orlando, Florida to attend the Nintendo World Championship Finals. And also, you get a one-of-a-kind gold-plated uh, Nintendo World Championship game cart featuring Super Mario Brothers, Rat Racer, and Tetris. So the cart they use in the competition that is like, this is the this is the cart. This is the, oh, I didn't realize so that they sweet, came. Man. Yeah, like I knew about these and I know like what their value is these days. I didn't know that they came from this specifically. That it was like a a, a giveaway in the mag. Like, I knew they I, I knew it had something. I, I knew they came from the champ the the, the contest, mm-hmm. but I didn't know it had anything to do with the giveaway in the mag and one of these Power Pole deals. So that was super fucking interesting to me. And, uh, yeah, historical recounts say there are actually 26 made total, not one. And that it basically would be because they have a secondary prize here where you give the fucking things away. So there's 26 of these in total. And can you fucking imagine, again, well, two things. Can you, one, imagine we were just talking about, like, the holding on to shit and, like, whatever. Like, having that present day after having gotten it from this situation. Can, can you imagine having the foresight to have held on to it? But then, conversely, can you think of the poor fuck that took it to Video Game Exchange and gave it away for, like... Three dollars, right? <laughs> or some oh. fucked up amount of money, you know? Like, and oh somebody my was God. just like, <gasps> "Well, the thing it. is, like, I bet there's also plenty of fucking video game exchange counter guys, and even just people who own the store who had that shit in inventory and then sold it again for like a seven bucks or some shit, you know? And it got back out into the wild via that, and and yeah, before before mm-hmm. it became what it is value wise now, you know? So yeah, there's probably uh, a lot of that for sure, a lot of regret, I guess, associated with those carts. Um, yeah, I just you know, fired up. What's 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 it going for? There's one of these listed at two million dollars on eBay right now. Yeah, if you want to go, if you want to go check your couch cush, uh, couch cushions, Jay, and we can maybe cop one of these. If you can, if you can, if you can come I'm up, not if you come up with a million, Jay, I'll come up with a million too. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I am not surprised because of the scarcity and because of what this was and the gold cartridge. Right, like I just. Yep. Like I, I, I was going to say, a couple. Hundred it's one thousand of those. Easy. It's one of those, dude. It's one of those auctions. Like after having gone through my whole Josh Allen rookie phase, you know, and seeing how, like, really, really pay attention to eBay hardcore for a while. In a more recent context, you know, there's like this phenomenon, a phenomena, I would call it, where if you take something that has a big enough audience, a big enough mm. des- like desirable audience for it. There are sellers out there that aren't paying like they they don't they're not putting the auction up, I think, with even intention of selling. It's like they're they're fine keeping it forever. You know what they're I mean? They're flexing but, just like I got this. Well well part of a flex, maybe that that could be part of it, maybe, but also like they're not paying attention to the economics. They're essentially they're putting a price tag on it that they don't expect anyone to ever with anyone educated to ever buy. Mm-hmm. But there might be that dumb fuck out there. Like I see this with a ton of the Josh Allen cards. They're like, if you're dumb enough 
to spend this money. If, like you have, if you're if you're for whatever reason rich enough and you're out collecting these things and you have enough of an affinity for this underlying thing, that idiot might buy it, you know. And like fuck it, I'll just put it up there and see, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't expect it to ever get clicked on and ever get bought. But holy fuck, if it does, dynamite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, like I don't I don't think I don't think anyone is telling you. And I don't even remember what the, the grade for it was, but I don't think whatever the grade was, I don't think anyone is telling you that it's worth two million bucks. You know, that's like a a, a vetted, uh, credible. Uh, um, what do you what do you call those? Uh, the fuck are those called? The things that appraiser. I don't think an, I don't think any credible appraiser is calling it worth two million bucks. But if someone's willing to pay million bucks, if someone's willing to pay two million bucks, then it's worth two million bucks. <laughs> you know, like we we had that old conversation about fucking just economy in general, like so. Yeah, it's interesting to me. Very, very, very fucking cool that this is here and this is how it went out into the world. <laughs> and, um, you know, I can't believe the thing is, like, so there's 26 here. And they all are accounted for, essentially, in this contest between the grand prize and the second prize winners. So, like, I'm, I can't believe they didn't do more. And, like, and I did the Googling around. Like, it, it seems like that really is supposedly what it is. It's 26. There's not, like, some hidden cache of them somewhere uh, as far as the number that are out in the wild that can be counted at any given time. So like, I'm, I'm surprised that more didn't get made and they weren't used as like promotional items or some sort of some something, you know, even internally, just like people who ran the contest who oversaw the manufacturing of them didn't like have one made for themselves. So there's a 27th one out there somewhere. You know what I mean? I'm just surprised that there's not a few more um, that yeah. didn't get made. So that's fun, and then the fifty there's fifty third placers that get a goofy Howie Model T, and they also list the eighty nine Power Award winners, and we have an Ohio recipient in here, Chris Kearns of Zanesville, and you bet your sweet ass I looked Chris up, <laughs> but nothing doing on on face shit or the Google box sad emoji. title theme for battle chess bringing us into our favorite section the nominations and i don't know man this is going to be a very interesting nomination time i feel like yeah i think i think i think you went first actually last time i want to say i feel like i feel like the batman shit (laughs) came came out of me i think after you had posed yours so I'll go first. The Dr. Mario is the first one. Okay. The entire game <laughs> up on Dr. Mario. That's my first 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 thing. Second thing, Captain Skyhawk. <gasps> telling you, Jay. I, oh. I telling you, you. Once you get into it, I'm telling you, you're gonna, especially you. I know you're going to like it. I know <laughs> once you get going, you're going to like it. I fucking know it. Oh man! Uh, I I promise you, you'll fucking like it if you can once you get past that 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 initial barrier. All right, that's two crazy nominations. What's the third one? <laughs> I actually have four this time. I couldn't pare okay. it down. So uh, the third one is let's throw your first spin. Probably Mega Man, the first one. The original. Yep. Yeah. So that that would be an interesting turn back the clock, uh, and and we haven't done a situation where we've done 
a later game then went back further in the series, you know, so that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, so there's that, and then the last one was Dragon Spirit, which you did enjoy, you said. So those All are right. my four. Those are All my right. four. What do you got? Solstice, number one. In no particular order. Solstice. <laughs> okay. Dragon Spirit, presenting the only overlap. Ninja Gaiden 2. And Adventures in the Magic Kingdom. So, <laughs> a very different list. Very different very, list. <laughs> very different list. Yeah, no chance on that Cap- Capcom fucking shit. No way. Uh, <laughs> the Disneyland shit. Uh, yeah, okay. So, Dragon Spirit's the overlap there. So, I guess we got to address that first. It's good. And I'm sure we'd have fun. Um, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, like I said, it is... It's, I guess, okay, this is the way to say this. So, I remember fondly. So, there have been plenty of times that I have been like, oh, I'm just going to fire this up and play it. Mm, okay. And I feel like every time I do it, I get a little bit into it, and I'm like, hmm, hmm. Mm. I'm going to load another ROM. You know? Mm. Like, it's, not, it's, it's definitely not hook you and hold you. It's fucking incredible the whole time. Incredible experience. Um, and that's come from a place where, again... I think my mind wants to, you know, so that may just be, that could easily just be the wide array of options in life now. Right. Don't hold your attention enough. And if we force ourselves into a game episode, maybe well, clearly we don't have a choice. We keep playing it. So maybe it would still be enjoyable, but I, I, I don't know if it's good enough to really hold up for you. Especially because you're not again like I guess what I'm really trying to get at here is without nostalgia, is you it may good? it may struggle you may struggle later on you know so fair um, that's fair but I, I I would not if you if you were if you were gonna really hardline us on it I I don't think I would I would I wouldn't talk you off of it I'd, I'd go on that journey with you so that's the overlap one um, yeah Ninja Gaiden two I don't even like I don't know why there had there was I mean what is my reason for it not being in my list I think. But I have so much nostalgia for it too. It's kind of the same thing where like I immediately turned it on and remembered all the stuff. Like I remember the cinematics. I remember the the art. I remember how the movement works. And so I, I feel like maybe it'll be like that for me because I know I definitely didn't beat it, but it was tough. You know, it's the one. I mean, that's that's the one that that's the most well revered one in, yeah. in a franchise that is pretty much universally well revered. Uh, you know, the difficulty thing is present with the first one, but I don't think anyone you know really has terrible things to say about it so i mean yeah it's it's like i don't have you know we had the first one and i'm sure we played the second one again because i had that strategy guide so there's just no way i never rented it or anything with that strategy guide in my collection uh and that you know that's the next issue so you know the what we've said about like mario like using these strategy guides we've talked about we've held off on mario 3 till that came mm, out and we just haven't gotten back fair. to it yet that's but fair. uh i mean it's out yeah i would say it's out now so you know we don't i don't have that excuse as to why i wouldn't have put it in my list i don't know i think it might have just been other selections that you know bumped it out um i'm sure I, maybe i did jot it down in the list that i eventually pared down to, to four um so you know uh, same thing like i i you know i i don't have that nostalgia pull for it because i don't think i just had it enough exposure but i know it's good and i'm sure i would enjoy it and you know i bet it, it is i guess it is it is a mountain i want to conquer too because it is supposedly the best one of of a, of a franchise that matters you know for for the nes so it's i want to play that um so i'm down with that too um 
But that one's not going to go away. Ninja Gaiden True. 2 will be around. I, I, I do not need to play it right now. It's there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be around. Uh, so, yeah. So, Dr. Mario, you hate it. And, I, you know, I don't know. Like, it's it's... We always talk about it. Of course, we'll figure it out. But like, you know, how do you? What do you, what is the game? <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a ton of strategy, dude. And I'm telling you now, it the head to head things would fucking be a blast. <sighs> might not. It might not warrant a game episode, though. I don't know. Like, it's it's as quintessential of a cornerstone as I view it to be for the system. Uh, it might not be worth a game episode. Maybe. But you might need a game episode to get me to play it. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> You are guaranteed that I'm going to play for that. Okay. That's a good way to play. Uh, Mega Man is good. I mean, Mega Man, uh, I, I I feel like I've beat, because I beat Mega Man 2 or 3, like, later ones. I'm like, I don't know if I beat Mega Man 1. Like, I feel like I may have even, because I own the Mega Man collection, those original ones on Xbox, I know I've played through and got to Dr. Wally's Castle on one, but I don't know that I beat it. Right. Like, and I'd say right now. Times. Yeah, we. I think two it was better. Been, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it might have been before before you were on the pod. I you know I get into those we see the things in the mag and like they're just not happening for game episodes so I'll pick them up and like I did I don't think I'd even formulated the idea to call them Kill Quest yet but I think I tried that with Mega Man and I got all the way through the characters and the Wily's Castle was brutal so <laughs> so yeah tough. super brutal so. I don't think I beat it either, even when I tried to do that with that kind of like mm-hmm. nose to the grindstone approach for the pod, kind of. So it is hard. And it is so much like, like that's the problem with Mega Man's is they are, it's this, you know, it just gets more ridiculous and more ridiculous as you go down the line as far as what the, the <laughs> those skill, the boss skills are, boss yeah. attributes are, or whatever you call them. But. Uh, it is the exact same thing. So, you know, the controls are the same. Like it's literally we be doing but, the same. But it's so it much better with two onward, though. Agreed, like, agreed, 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 agreed. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, I like I don't even know if like the nuance of the gameplay, if we're not just literally, you know, not literally, of course, but very close to re- recording the same episode. <laughs> that's fair. You know what that's I mean? very fair. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think we might literally, obviously, you know, Fireman's different than fucking Snake Man, and like, you have to bat him a little differently, and you, you're going to want a different gun before you go to him than obviously the gun you had before you went to Snake Man. But like, yeah. it, I don't know how different it is, and if we're not just recording the same episode. And, you know, I don't know, maybe you could say that about any of the franchises, kind of Mario 1 and Mario 3. I don't know, though. Nope. I feel like there is very different. Very different. Yeah, there's a very So, so yeah, it's not the same thing. So yeah, I don't know. That might be a detractor that I hadn't thought of when I put it in the list. I'm sitting here really trying to dissect what's best to go next with or go with here. That might not be good for that reason. Captain Skyhawk, man. Like, I only played the one level, so maybe I'm wrong. But I'm, I'm telling you, like the thing, it's it's wild to me that I am the one with this on my list only because I feel like it's such a thing that you'd be like, no, man. Like I'm telling you, know, like I tried it a couple yes, times. Yes, I know I you don't so like frustrated. shmups, but it's good. Ugh. But uh, how, what is the what is the exact amount of time you can you like give me an actual realistic quotation or quote oh, I don't know. of how much time you dedicated on it? Maybe ten minutes. I don't know. Not a whole lot. Enough to be like, Ugh, like I, I am I swooping down. I keep crashing into every 
everything. That like every time the elevation goes up, I'm crashing unless I'm like, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I I would say this as much as I neither of these games hit me at all. I'd, I'd be willing to look at freaking Doctor Mario and the stupid Skyhawk again and give it a fair try. I guess because I, I I recognize that there are multiple screenshots of multiple modes and things like that. There's so that there's more to it. I get that. So maybe very premature of me to say that you know that it's so terrible. But right, I'd be open. Yeah. Ugh, I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, I'll let. Uh, okay, so let's you make the call then between Dragon Spirit and Captain Skyhawk. All right, let's go, Captain Skyhawk. Because okay. uh, as 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 much as Dragon Spirit, there's an overlap. I I would hate to get to a situation later where I'm kind of like, eh, like it's not keeping me. You know what I mean? It's like a, I want to push chore. through. Yeah, I would hate to right. do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's enough. Like I said, I mean, you know, I think it's all good. But <laughs> even even if you even if you let's say hypothetically that you do figure it out, you are able to beat those land mission levels and still hate them maybe that maybe that, say that say that happens there's other there's two completely different game modes outside of that that i also think are good and i also think you'll enjoy uh so just the chances of enjoying at least some of your gameplay experience for a game episode is higher considerably higher <laughs> i think with captain skyhawk and again like i said this is a peer-reviewed opinion that is just there was not a bad word said about it not a bad word fine said about fine it. <laughs> all right so yeah Sky, captain skyhawk it is let's do captain skyhawk then cool all right awesome uh i think i i think uh how about this if you get into captain skyhawk and you decide that you were wrong about those land missions once you figure out the mechanics of them then you owe me a head-to-head dr mario uh fair enough match up mat, square off i guess a, a a televised square off, a, a, a broadcast <laughs> right. square off of Doctor Mario. Um, I like it. Let it be done. Yep. If if God forbid, like I said, if we get enough bu- if we get enough bugging about it, I'll do a whole tournament with with listeners if if we want. <laughs> so you know that I'm happy to to combine those things. But Baby even steps. if that doesn't Baby happen, steps. Yeah, <laughs> even if that yeah, even if that doesn't happen, uh, I I I would like to to pose that little wager. Um, word. Okay, so Captain Skyhawk next with a potential for a Dr. Mario um, uh, mini side quest. <laughs> wow. You can... Who would have thought? You can... Uh, well, actually, sorry. We... Uh, yeah, I wanted... I can't believe I almost forgot this. So, Jay, could I interest you in a random rags next by chance as far as Magup goes? Say more. Okay. Gameplay or Strategy Guide to Nintendo Games, July, August, 89 issue. The one I had as a kid. I think I sent it to you. I can send it to you if not. But yeah, so it's we're, we're talking, I guess I guess the, the the factors with which to determine your stance on this <laughs> are, so we're talking July, August, 89. So we're literally going back one exact year from where we're at now, as far okay. as the games we'll see, you know. Um, and yeah, this is, this is the one, this is one of the ones that we are considering transitioning to once we finally do have to make that transition off GamePro once uh, them and Sega Visions are being published by the same company. So um, 
it'll also give us a kind of like a, a real test run of what our other options are. And, you know, maybe between now and then we can also do a random rag on EGM or some other options. Um, but what's the other one I just saw too? God damn it. That we haven't talked about much. I can't think of what it is. There was another one I just saw recently. I was like, oh yeah, that was fucking everywhere too. And we haven't even spoken to that one. I saw it when I was looking at those Sega Vision magazines on fucking Instagram yesterday. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, there's another one too. So maybe we could like bump into these one uh, just one time on random rags between now and then. And like I said, this one I have much nostalgia for, so I've been I've been wanting to do it. And I feel like we've been on a long run now of 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 these bouncing back and forth between the two mag or the three mags, and this will be just a nice break from all three of them. I think. Um, cool. All right, so we'll do that actually as our next mag episode after this Captain Skyhawk. Uh, issue and our episode rather and then the next issue after that in our timeline will be game pro issue number 12 so subscribe to the pod on the platform provided whatever dumbest company that shows up your pottery please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on that podcast platform of choice or any other for that matter the website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash isoh pod you can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook and or Instagram at isohpod. Link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist is in the show notes. And then there's the isoh subreddit if you want to get down with us on Reddit. And we don't have a Patreon, but if you like even Monday things podcasters tell you to and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities. And that's cool as fuck. Ablegamers.org is where you can find them. Jay, what are your socials? Gentleman JB without the second E. That's my gamer tag pretty much everywhere. I am on Instagram at my shift key is broke. That's how you can find me on the Oculus as well. And then my Twitter is at Josh Folan. Okay, bye. Bye.